Is it? It's time for another sermon by the prophet of the One True Gaming Podcast. You know what? I've always wondered why my singing career didn't take off. I mean, obviously, my voice is like that of an angel, as you all just witnessed. Anyway, because I couldn't make it as a uh, rock star, now I'm talking shit in my basement and interviewing people about their favorite gaming memories growing up. Ha <laughs> ha! The good news is I'm not just another loser in his mom's basement. Number one, it's my own basement, bitches. My mom's not the one that told me to do this. It was God. And by God, I mean Miyamoto, the Father, Kojima, the Son, and Carmack, the Holy Ghost, appeared to me in prophetic vision, saying, create the one true gaming podcast. And all I gotta do is interview people about their favorite gaming areas growing up. So, here we are. That's what we're doing. And today, we have the Regions Free Gaming Podcast. I probably fucked that up. I said Regions Free? I think it's Region Free Gaming's Podcast. Let me check this out. It's not Regions Free Gamer Podcast. It's Region Free Gamers Podcast. I fucked up. I moved the S from Gamers to Regions. I don't know why any of you listen to me. You might as well just freaking burn. You should burn your podcast app. Not just my podcast, but all of them. I've ruined it. I've ruined it. I don't know why I'm in this mood today. I'm in a little bit of a weird mood. I wouldn't say it's bad. I wouldn't say it's good. But the point being is my guest today is not the entire crew of the Region Free Gamers podcast because I knew there was three of them when I reached out. I didn't know not only is there some alumni that are not currently active on the podcast, meaning there's some guests that are alumni that are not current. Excuse me, not guests. Hosts, why can't I talk today? God Damn it. There's some hosts that are alumni that are no longer actively hosts. And then there's some new hosts. So in total, I think there's like five to seven dudes that have been part of this project, which makes sense because they put out a lot of content. Out of the three podcast guests that are now... Why do I keep calling them guests? You know, I have this rule that I don't edit. I mean, I do edit out like the uh, the dead space in my intros, but I don't retake them. I just, I sit down, I hit the record button. I'm like, no matter what comes out, that's what the intro is going to be. And I am super, super tempted to fucking delete this shit because I'm fucking it up. Ah! You know why I'm in grumpy ass mood today? Because I haven't had any good games to play recently. What happened is I binged the Mass Effect trilogy, like all the way through Mass Effect 1 through Mass Mass Effect 3 with the new Legendary Edition. It's awesome, by the way. You should play it. If you like sci-fi in any way, shape, or form, you like space, and you like shooting shit, cool characters, and spaceships, and aliens. I mean, everything that I like in life, this game has, and the trilogy was awesome. And you know when you play a really good game that totally sucks you in? Like, I, I, pl- I casually play lots of games, but there's really only one to, if I'm lucky, three games a year that really suck me in and take me to the to the dark world the nether realm the limbo space where i forget everything about life and i'm just in the game it's all about the game i'm all consumed about the game doesn't happen that much but it did happen with the mass effect trilogy and after you binge when you overindulge on a game because it's just hitting those dopamine receptors that just hitting on the spot there's just this natural uh consequence there's a price to be paid with that much pleasure it's, it's everything in life if i'm thinking about life in general any type of pleasure sex food Sleep, water, video games, sports, 
music, any sort of sensation. There's this tr- any drugs. We all know I like drugs. Uh, I, from doing lots of drugs in my life, this this uh, this segues into a lesson that I learned through some uh, bad drug experiences. You can't get greedy. I got a little greedy with Mass Effect. Uh, I should have split sort of the 98 hours it took me to beat the trilogy again, and I had never actually finished the third game, and somehow by a miracle of God never got spoiled. And they loved it. The ending was awesome. People hated I remember all the hugabaloo back when the game came out and how the ending was such dog shit. I know they patched it. They had the extended cut. All that jazz. People were still unhappy with it. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I got emotional. It was awesome. But the problem is I should have spread that out across a wider range of time instead of cramming it in in 98 hours in like the course of, it was like two and a half weeks or something. I just, I mean, I went all in. Like kids, fuck you. I don't know who you are. Find a new dad. Wife, uh, if you divorce me, whatever. All that matters is Mass Effect. I'm Commander Shepard and I need to save the goddamn galaxy from the Reapers because don't you guys get it? This is a conspiracy theory that's real. Every 50,000 years they come and they harvest all the civilization and they take us and they turn us into a new reaper uh, and they're actually part of a sentient AI that's been around since the dawn of time and it's a big cycle and that's how they keep life managed in the galaxy. Can't you see this is important? Apparently no one else gave a shit. But the problem is I overindulged and now my dopamine receptors are all fucked up. No other games are fun and I can't record intros. Anyway, that was a nice segue that kept you all distracted while I was trying to look up the names of the hosts at Region Free Gamers Podcast because there's so many. I wanted to make sure that I got the host that I have on today, which is Anthony. Um, I'm pretty sure. I knew it was an A, and the other host's name is Arnaldo. Forgive me. Forgive me. It's Normally, I record these intros right after I finish the podcast, while everything is fresh on my mind. Um, I was stacking a bunch of podcasts on the same day. I recorded like four in the same day, and so I wasn't doing that. And this, I recorded this podcast. By the time you guys get a hold of it, because my turnaround time is, oh, so fast. So by the time you listen to this, this recording might be like two, three months old. It's a month old as of me recording this intro. So that's a long-winded way of saying... Anthony, I'm sorry if I got your name wrong and you're actually Arnaldo. I know for sure that you're not Paul. But we talk about Paul, Anthony, and Arnaldo, as well as the alumni hosts that were on past episodes of Region Free Gamers, the podcast, Fluent in Gaming. Yes, I finally got to it. That's our guest, Region Free Gamers, the podcast, Fluent in Gaming. They're awesome. I first ran across them. uh, Paul's Game Room is the Instagram handle of one of the... uh, uh, host that couldn't make it for this podcast recording. Paul's Game Room, he is like super into JRPGs and loves the weeb shit like me. So I first was introduced to them by running across Paul, I believe, seeing some of his posts. I'm pretty sure he said something positive about Sui Coden 2. So I was like, sign me up, marry me, fuck a prenup, put a ring on it, bitch. Let's go. That's, that's, I have a soft spot in heart for uh, Sui Coden. Anyway, if I got it right and it's not Arnaldo, Anthony joins the podcast for us today. He is one of the hosts of the Region Free Gamers podcast the podcast fluent in gaming make sure to check them out i as always i will put all the applicable links in the podcast description i've also wanted to start talking just a little bit about the games that i've been playing recently to give you guys an update because many people have been reaching out to me and saying that they enjoy the intros of the podcast
podcast and the last couple I recorded, I made them a little bit shorter because I was thinking, eh, spend less time ranting, get to the good shit. Turns out some people think the intro is part of the good shit. Oh, I feel so good. I feel so warm and fuzzy inside. I can feel my ego getting better, getting bigger and better and stronger. And soon that ego will turn to darkness and the darkness will turn to anger and the anger will turn to hate. I want to be a Sith Lord so bad, but deep down, I know I'm too much of a bitch and I'm just not mean enough. I think dark shit is so cool. Dark music. I think all the anti-heroes are the coolest anti-heroes in all of JRPGs. Magus from Chrono Trigger, coolest character. He's the bad guy, kind of. He's like a sub-bad guy at first, then he turns good. He's just super badass. I love the anti-heroes. Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. I was supposed to be talking about what I've been playing recently, and I'm stealing this idea from the Retro Hangover podcast. You guys should also check them out. Region Free Gamers and Retro Hangover are the first two podcasts that I was exposed to when I started this podcast and started poking around on Instagram trying to find other gamer podcasts. I had Retro Hangover on really early on. Uh, I think they were episode like, I don't know, 20, 30 something. I have yet to, f- I reached out to Region Free Gamers a long, long time ago. And you know what the truth is? Those motherfuckers snuffed me for a while, but I'm a persistent bitch. Mm, you cannot stop me. Uh, no, people are busy and people, you get hit up all the time and I don't hold it against them. But I'm glad that my persistence paid off and I got them on the podcast. But anyway, still an idea from Retro Hangover. I've been playing recently. Mass Effect kind of ruined me. So I've been piddle paddling, trying things out, but I did find some cool shit that I'll be talking about and doing some more videos. Number one, the PC port, the native PC port of Super Mario 64. Someone reverse engineered that game, made a native uh, PC port. I did a couple of videos on it like six months ago. Of course, now that it's a native PC version and it's on the internet and Nintendo can't kill it as hard as they might try, it's out there and now the mods are rolling in. And I love Super Mario 64. I love that game. That might be one of the greatest games. It's still, like, you can play the original Mario 64 on a 64. It still feels good. And now with the PC port, you have the HD shit, you have the mods, you have the frame rate shit, and they have now added ray trace lighting. And something about the combination between retro graphics and super modern lighting techniques, real-time lighting, ray trace lighting, looks awesome. Um, I've been playing that. So I've downloaded the, the PC port, which I've had for a while. I downloaded an updated version of that and trying to figure out how to get all these mods to work, downloading shit from GitHub, knowing nothing, nothing about coding. And then uh, she's like, well, I'm going to throw this file in this folder and see what happens. And 99% of the time it doesn't work. And then eventually you get a couple mods working. It's still in the early days. So if you want to play around with Mario 64 with these mods, especially the ray trace lighting mod, it is a major pain in the ass. And there's not a lot of tutorials out there because it's still kind of in this like coder community. It's not really public yet, even though it's on GitHub and you can download it. There's not a lot of good content out there, so I'd recommend actually waiting. It's super buggy, but I have some cool footage coming from that. I've had some good times playing around with that. And then I also found an unofficial Unreal Engine 4 remake of Mario 64, separate from the PC port. It's It's not the original version modded. It's from the ground up remade in Unreal Engine 4. It's just the castle and the surrounding areas. That's pretty dope. Gonna have some footage of that coming up. And then Kryzen Y, Kryzen, C-R-Y-Z-E-N-X-X. I don't know how you pronounce it. He's a YouTuber that's been working on this Ocarina of Time remake in Unreal Engine for years. I don't know how. Maybe the gods love us. Miyamoto the Father decided to grace us with his presence. That did not get cease and desisted for like six or seven years. It finally did get cease and desisted. His YouTube channel is down. The word on the street is Nintendo kind of started knocking around and finally said, you got to stop this shit, bro. And he remade 
a huge, 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 massive chunk of Ocarina of Time. And I still have the game. And now that it's way harder to find and it's been shut down and season desisted, I'm going to start posting videos because fuck you, Nintendo. Then why don't you just give us a legitimate Ocarina of Time remake? Huh? Huh? Oh, I'm sorry, this dude, ostensibly probably in his basement, spending his own money for the last however many years, made something better than you've ever done, and you gotta get pissed about it? No, why don't you hire the dude, give him a budget, give him a team, and fucking turn it into a real project? God, they make me so mad. Nintendo? I'm just grumpy. Like, even the the Mario 64 shit, the, the port on the Switch doesn't even have widescreen support. And then they cease and desist this Unreal remake. I mean, sorry with all your bajillions of dollars. These smart-ass kids are doing better than what you're doing. Like, I don't know. It kind of pisses me off. I love the whole modding PC homebrew community. The fan shit. Fans take stuff that they love and they make it cooler. I, I think that's awesome. If I, in, you know, if in the proverbial fantasy world, was somehow able to start a video game studio, I would support the fan shit. Like, for example, Steam, Black Mesa. It's this remake mod of Half-Life. The team got to a certain point. I don't know exactly how far along they got before Valve stepped in and decided to officially support the mod and put it on Steam. And now you can go, if it's like 12 bucks or something, you can play Black Black Mesa. Valve, like, and they did, I don't even think Valve even did any sort of development on it. They just said, you guys are obviously huge fans. You know what you're doing. We're not going to fight you. In fact, we're going to support you. Do you guys need any help? And now it's one of the coolest games on Steam. You can replay Half-Life, one of the greatest FPSs of all time, with better graphics and some modern conveniences, quality of life improvements, um, and a totally improved the last few levels if you played half-life it's super awesome then you kind of get to this alien world at the end it's called zen xen or i'm pretty sure and it gets a little spotty i would say it's the weakest part overall still a masterpiece of a game they like legitimately in my opinion improved upon the experience over the original not just like gave it a shiny coat of new paint and made it more convenient and more streamlined which in and of itself would be worth it to me but they actually made the experience better and that's why i've been just diving i'm always diving into fan-made shit but that's what I've got back into after finishing the Mass Effect trilogy. So you'll see more of that coming along. I'm going to have footage from the Ocarina of Time remake, 60 Mario 64 Unreal Engine remake, and also the PC port mods with ray trace lighting. And you can also swap out the models. So part of the reason this intro is going so far south and I'm, ram- and I'm rambling is I've been trying to confirm that it was Anthony and not Arnaldo that I talked to and uh, I can't confirm it I like <laughs> as I've been talking I was rereading our Instagram messages I'm like I swear he told me his name somewhere I think he actually told me and clarified which of the hosts he is during the podcast obviously I can't listen to the podcast while I'm recording so again for the 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 final apology to Anthony and or Arnaldo, which of the A's that was on the podcast, I'm sure when, this, when you listen to this intro, you're going to be rolling your eyes. Look, if you think that I'm going to have any level of professionalism, or if you think that I'm going to be able to l- logically deduce something that should be obvious to you, don't have that much faith in me. Chances are I'm going to blow it. Just accept that I'm going to disappoint you, and we'll, our relationship will be so much better. I'm actually a pretty fun guy. You just have to accept that I'm stupid, and my memory is terrible, and that has nothing to do with the fact that I've been smoking weed every day for 20 years absolutely not lies lies um oh yeah and last but not least mortal kombat new era is a mugen mod that i highly recommend mugen is a like 
community sourced fighting game engine. I'm not exactly sure what it's based on, but there's tons of fighting game mods. You can play like any character, any game you want. Mortal Kombat New Era is this all-encompassing mod where they've taken every character from the first three Mortal Kombats and they've added a bunch. They have freaking Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. They have Laura Croft, Robocop, Predator, just tons of shit. And all of them have fatalities, animalities, brutalities, and story slides. It's wild as shit. In fact, it's so wild that uh, TikTok banned my video. I had a video of two seeing two of the Laura Croft fatalities and Scooby-Doo fatalities, and I lost my shit because it was so wild. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's on my Instagram. TikTok took it down and said it violated community guidelines because I said the nasty D word. I said the dick word. Yeah, that's precisely what it was. You can say fuck and shit and damn. You could probably even say the C word on TikTok, but no, 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 no. I said Scooby is eating Goro's dick. I was laughing because the way the animation worked in the fatality is the dog was eating the body, but like the, they placed it like right on his crotch. Probably not intended. Maybe it was intended. Uh, but apparently you can't say eat a dick on TikTok, but you can say fuck a bitch. Go figure. I don't know. And then Instagram who's usually way more uh, anal, pun intended, about <laughs> their community guidelines didn't give a shit nothing it's really really weird uh, like the other, the other thing i've been posting these sprite videos uh playing around with two different ai algorithms r-i-t-e right and d-a-i-n dane they're these machine learning algorithms that you can download and they, they try to use sample sets data sets to artificially inject frames into low frame rate content and i was curious i'm like ah, oh, i want to see what, what this looks like on like cool fighting game sprites i did street fighter first and then i did uh, some mortal kombat shit and then a <laughs> Of course, if anyone knows anything about fighting games, uh, King of Fighters 13 is one of the best examples of sprite animation ever. And they have this character, Maya Shirunai, I think is how you pronounce it, or Maya Shirunai. She's like this ninja chick with, she's like the Asian ninja version of Laura Croft. Her proportions, specifically her chest proportions, have always been just redonkulous. Redonkulous. And her animations in King of Fighters 13 are just like the most ridiculous animated boobs I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, the bounce is is defies all physics. And of course, the brothers need to see what that looks like in 60 frames a second. I post that on TikTok. This violates community guidelines. Meanwhile, there's like a thousand underage girls in the tiniest teeny bikinis. Like, the, this one song, something about itty bitty titties and a fat ass. I don't know. Some pop song I'm unaware of. It was trending. All these girls are lip syncing to it. Shaking their tits in the camera. A lot of them, you look at them like, hmm, that's suspect. You look 14. They don't get violated. But meanwhile, sprite animation does. I think I angered the TikTok gods. I must have done something wrong. They've been on my ass lately. If you guys are still listening, thanks. You know the drill. Like, share, comment, share the good news of the Gaming Memories Gospel. You shall be blessed. Make sure to check out Region Free Gamers Podcast, the podcast fluent in gaming. So Paul, Anthony, and Arnaldo are your hosts. Region Free Gamers Podcast, Instagram, Region Free Gamers Podcast, Twitter. Check them out. I will put all those podcast links in the description. Like, share, comment the good news of the Gaming Memories Gospel. You'll be blessed. I say these things in the name of me, of Motor the Father, Kojima the Son, and Comic, the Holy Ghost. Amen, and enjoy the show. So I've been stalking you, the Regions Free Gamer Podcast online. I was not aware that it was up to five people yep. involved. 
Why don't you give us like a breakdown of sort of a brief history of the podcast, what your format is and everyone who's involved and where people can find you guys online. Sure. Uh, so it basically started, wow, uh, 2018, we launched our first episode. I think it was January 11th or something like that, because it's been three years now. So my math isn't completely fucked. But it started off with four of us originally, myself, Paul, Ozzy, Masa. Masa is no longer with us. Ozzy is no longer with us, actually. And so the current rotation of hosts is now me, Paul, uh, Jeff, also known as G-Spot Gaming on Instagram, uh, Anthony, also known as Polybits on Instagram, and uh, Kelly, also known as Sierra Night Gaming on Instagram. And basically, we just do, like, it's hard to even explain. We started off, I think, trying to do sort of a sort of fun history type podcast about different aspects of gaming, like different franchises, different systems that we were interested. In. And it sort of spun off into more of a variety show type thing. Like it's every every episode is focused around a topic, but there is no sort of structure to what we'll talk about and how we'll talk about it. Sometimes we'll talk about a single game. Sometimes we'll talk about an entire franchise of games and their history from like their beginning up to modern day sometimes we'll talk about a particular developer that we really like sometimes we'll talk about a particular system that we really like so it's really like a grab bag of whatever we think is interesting at the time and then we also do more off the cuff episodes like we have a running series called what have you been playing where we just get around and talk about the different games we've been playing recently things that we think are interesting and uh, things that we might look into buying we've done listener questions listener stories episodes uh we actually did a hot takes episode where we had uh listeners send us their spiciest video game hot takes that was a <laughs> that was an interesting one for sure did you have to did you have to do any like editing or did you just let everything fly we i mean paul does our editing i don't think we cut anything out of it though okay <laughs> we we're pretty we're pretty uh liberal when it comes to the actual content we'll cut for quality's sake but not not because we're afraid of being bullied Not online. Censorship sake. Though yeah, I yeah. am, though I am definitely afraid of being bullied online constantly. And then we do have a spin-off series that we've done once uh, called The King of Games. Uh, it was sort of a bonus episode thing. We did it on the year 1998, where we picked 16 games, pitted them head to head against each other to pick the best game in 1998. Ooh, what so was, was the fun. result of that? Do you remember the 16 games? I don't remember all of them, but I remember the top four. I I think Metal Gear Solid came in number one. That makes sense. Half-Life 2. No, Half-Life 1. I'm going to fuck this up. Half-Life 1 came in second. Ocarina of Time, I believe, was third. And Gran Turismo was fourth, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't know Ocarina of Time and Metal Gear Solid 1 were the same year. Yep. So was, Banjo, so was Banjo-Kazooie. So was... Um, what else did we have on there? Spyro the Dragon, Panzer Dragoon Saga, uh, Parasite Eve, I think. Xenogears was 98 as well. That was a stellar year. People people, people go back and forth about what the best year in video games is, and that's like one of the ones that's yes. consistently up there. Along I, I've with always like, felt like 95 to 2000 was sort of the pinnacle of my golden era yeah. for me personally. Have you heard of a podcast called a retro retrograde amnesia no they uh do you like rpgs yeah i love them okay so you brought you mentioned xenogears which yeah. um i'm not affiliated i've never talked to these guys i'm not affiliated <laughs> to them i just legitimately fucking love their show yeah i have never seen someone go as hard and as deep into jrpgs as these guys the, the format is it's two dudes 
Okay. And every week they play the same section of a JRPG. Oh. And then they, t- they talk about it. And they talk about literally everything <laughs> from the beginning to end. They did Xenogears. It was 58 episodes, and they were oh somewhere between two to four hours. So we're talking wow. like 90 hours of Xenogears Jesus. content. They talk about every line of dialogue, but they like research stuff and they figure out what the developers were thinking. I mean, that's it's awesome. Like, if you're if you're a if you're it's, it's for like the most hardcore yeah. JRPG nerd head for sure. And, uh, it, it's, it's, it took me like six months to work my way through Xenogears, but it was like a really interesting experience. And I, yeah. I almost they're doing Chrono Cross right now. They've mm-hmm. only done Xenogears is the only one they finished. They started doing like side episodes where they'll do smaller ones for people okay. who don't want to like commit 120 hours. <laughs> To a single game. Yeah. But they're doing Chrono Cross right now, but it's a great way to play along. Like, if you want to replay yeah. a game and play the same section as them, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds like a very interesting way of experiencing a game, even if you don't own it. Like, if you yes. couldn't afford it or can't, you know, don't have time to play it on your own. It reminds me of, I can't remember the name of the podcast, and there's several that are like this, but I remember there was a podcast that was about the movie Heat, and every episode was they would watch like I think it was like two minutes of the oh, movie Heat, and, and then they down. would talk about it. Yeah. And so every episode they were just watching the entire movie, but in chunks. And yes. it seems like a similar experience, but probably a lot more in depth since it's yes. a JRPG. Yeah, they go. It, it, it just depends on your style. If you like retro knots and sort of like the business and more development side, they'll pepper in because they'll track down like oh. This translation is weird. Why do they do this? We'll reference okay. that. Oh, this soundtrack has this weird vocal sample. Let's track down where did that... Then they track down where it came from. That's insane. Like, oh, the developers snuck that in there and they find old interviews and they just scour <laughs> the internet and it's just like, yeah, it's just, it's the deepest JRPG podcast I've ever come across. And um, yeah, you brought up Xenogears and that, like, that is a big... The game... I would say it should have scored higher, but they really fucked up the last half or like the last third of that game. Yeah. The second disc, whatever, fiasco. <laughs> Damn. That's cool. So you guys have been going on, you said, for six years? Three now. Three years. I don't know where Three. I got six from. <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. Uh, and you are. Okay, so we, we introduced the whole crew. Your yep. thing said Andy. Now it says Paul. I'm confused. I'm using I'm using Paul's uh, Zoom account. Okay. That's why. It's because there. I initially said I've interacted with Paul online before. And then I was like, wait, shit, is that Paul? Yeah. But no, you're not Paul. You're using Paul's. You are Andy. Right now. Arnie. 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 Right, te- okay. <laughs> there you go. Tell us about you. Oh, I see you have this big, big ass collection, but I can't oh, yeah. quite pick out. What's in your collection back there? This is, well, the section you're looking at is, like, mostly PS2, PS3, PS1 stuff right there. Where's my hand? There. Right there where my hand is. But I've got I've got about five shelves back here running from, like, NES to, you know, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, GameCube, Wii. And then this one's Xbox, the second one. And then PlayStation. I've also got, like, a box Virtual Boy up there in the corner. A box TurboGrafx-16 over there. Do you play the Virtual Boy at all? I played it a couple of times. I only have Mario Tennis for it right now, so I got my ass whooped a couple times, and I was like, I'm going to put this away for now. If I got more games, I would absolutely play it. I think think the form factor is so stupid and amazing. I I love everything about it. I'm a big fan. Like, red and black is my favorite color scheme. So Mm. I was like, if I was going to design a console, it would look 
probably a lot like that. Yeah. But I've been seeing a few people that have made, like, I just saw on Twitter a couple days ago, this guy that published, like, a blueprints for people to 3D print a consolized Virtual Boy. So basically, like, you would print, you would 3D print this, like, housing case for it, and then he has instructions on how to insert, like, the guts of it, and then you can hook it up to your TV and play your Virtual Boy like a regular console. Oh. Yeah. Dang. Dude, there's so much cool shit like that, people. People, people are, going s- down. Yeah, I'm so glad that I am not the smartest person on the planet. Like, I'm been so <laughs> grateful that there are so many people that are so much yeah. more intelligent than I am to do crazy shit like this because I have no patience or technical knowledge, but I love experiencing it. Yeah. The, how does the Virtual Boy play retroactively going back? It's like a, a sort of like a retro item. Is it still fun to play when you play it? I, I would say it's fun for the novelty of it. I haven't played like the, like, I know everybody says, I think it's, ah, uh, fuck, what's it called? I think there's a WarioWare game, or no, not WarioWare, there's a Wario Land game on there that's, that's supposed, supposed to be, to be amazing. Really yeah. Um, there's the Jack Brothers, which is like a Atlas game, like something insane, like $600 or something. There's like a robot fighting game I played. Yes. Oh, fuck. wow. What's that called? It's called. Oh, God. Virtual Boy. I know robot exactly what you're talking about. Terrorobox. Teleroboxer. That's what it's called. Tell. Tell. Teleroboxer, yeah. Teleroboxer. That game is nice. also supposed to be hard as all fuck. There's a horror game that I can't remember the name. I think it's called like Innsmouth or something like that. It's like based off of, if I'm remembering correctly, it's based off of, um, what's the guy, the author, he's an old horror author, H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, Lovecraft. It's supposed yeah, to be yeah, like yeah. Lovecraftian style type stuff. But all those games are so expensive. Like, it's impossible to collect for this system. As a as a collector, I know people have been complaining about it, but mm-hmm. I haven't been watching. Like, how much of price has risen in, like, the last two years? Isn't it a lot? A, a shit ton. Yeah, really. I, I mean, even within the last year, because of the... I think, I think because of a combination of, like, coronavirus making everybody have to stay home and sort of yeah. have to find new ways to entertain themselves... And then people, you know, sort of channeling a lot of that time into video games. Like, video games as a whole have gone up, but retro games in particular have seen, like, a massive jump. I think it depends on the system. Like, I know PS3 was surging like crazy just a little while ago because Sony was going to close the PS3 online store store. so there you know that shot through the roof vita has always been super expensive and that's gotten crazy even like modern stuff like a lot of switch releases now are like a hundred plus dollars that haven't you know that haven't come out like super long time ago i didn't know that yeah, so it's it's all over the place. It's really it's becoming harder and harder to get into the hobby, I think. Like if I I got into it like 2009ish, I didn't really start collecting collecting until maybe like 11 or 12. Okay. But I can't imagine somebody trying to today be like, "Oh, I want to start collecting PS1, PS2 type yeah. stuff." It must I feel like the barrier to entry is so much higher now, not only because the price are higher but because people have have sort of wised up to the best places to go like thrift stores are sort of barren now garage sales aren't the same as they used to be even flea markets like sellers know what they have a lot more now and even the ones that don't i think just overprice so they don't get taken that sucks i had a i I was i had an 
PS1 only collection because that's like my yeah. glory days. And it was mainly like JRPGs and it was probably like a hundred and something games. It was pretty big, even though there was yeah. like 7,000 million games on that <laughs> on that console. But I had, a, I had a moment of weakness where I was early married. I needed some money and I sold the whole thing. Yeah. And I got like 1,900 bucks. It was quite a bit of money. At the time, absolutely. At the time. And I really wish I wouldn't have done it. But, and it's like the same reason. Like I've never had the like ability to get like to jump i'm gonna jump back in and start all over again seeing yeah. the prices like just seeing susu i was telling you susui code and is like my favorite game jrpg mm-hmm. of all time just trying to get that again i'm like oh my gosh okay <laughs> yeah like this is not gonna happen but i got way into emulating which set me down another rabbit hole speaking of you were talking about how you're grateful you're not the smartest person on the earth <laughs> in the like retro world of emulators and like rom hacks and mod hacks and texture yeah. hacks there is so much cool shit oh absolutely fact, there is so much cool shit yeah. i was playing a doom 2 mod that's sonic the 3d sonic <laughs> and it's like better than any 3d sonic i've ever played that's it's amazing sick. i'm gonna have a, it's just like someone made that I don't yep. know who made it, but I've it's seen. Dope. Uh, I was watching the other day. I was watching somebody play like a ran- like a. It was like a Link to the Past X Met- Super Metroid randomizer. Where I think I've talked about this before, but I I'm like in love with this concept. Where basically it's like all the items for both games get randomly shuffled around. So you can't and memorize so, where, and to so go you don't like, know yeah. where anything's going to show up. In theory, like the game's designed so like no matter what the combination is, you can still beat the game, but it'll be like maybe you'll get like the screw attack in like the second room of the game or something or maybe you'll find like the hook shot where the sword should be and then you have to start the game without having a sword for a while like and the is way it, it works because there's like certain parts at least the way zelda is designed is like usually the item you need gets you access to like the next area and vice versa so yeah like, what if you get the wrong item and you can't get to where you need to go and it breaks the game well, that, theoretically, the seeding of the game should prevent that from happening. Oh, okay. uh, Because, yeah. like, you can find these things in, like, random chests, like, in the overworld. Like, oh. you don't necessarily get the item just by beating the boss. It's like, it could be in a, in, like, in a ah. random chest somewhere that you don't know where it is. But in the crossover one, the thing I liked about it is that sometimes you, you would, there are certain areas where if you go into, like, a door in Zelda or you go through something in, in Metroid, it'll t- move you to the other game. Like, you could be ah. Link in one second go through a door and now you're samus in like metroid again and i was like this is insane like what is what is happening damn i've never even heard of that i need to look that up so it's yeah uh, uh, ocarina X link metroid. link to the past x super metroid uh randomizer is what it's called there it is randomizer yeah and so stuff like that i've always been fascinated and like i've never even though i have like a ton of physical stuff i've never shied away from emulation or some of these other mods i'm not as into it as i should be because i don't have like a ton of computing space or computing power but like i love seeing what people do with stuff like that and especially when it comes to like speed runs like Mm. i don't know if you watch do you watch games done quick or like i do yes yeah yeah so like whenever that comes around in the summer the fall i'm always like i gotta see what's going on here uh and my favorite ones are always the like glitch runs where they like hop out some barrier in the overworld (laughs) and like teleport themselves (laughs) to the end of the game in like 10 seconds i you know people people's ability and creativity to like explore video games like that is incredible i like i like watching the glitch ones like to see the most creative ways they can break the game and then i also like to compare that with like the 100 percent natural runs like just to 
see how fast people can get at beating the game, you know, the way it was, quote, designed to be yeah. beaten. Um, I've watched, I watched, I think, a Symphony of the Night 100% run. It was like 45 <laughs> minutes. Yep. Like, it was insane. And it's like, you can't make a single mistake for 45 yep. minutes. Did you see that headline that some dude beat Grand Theft Auto in nine hours without taking a single point of damage or no. hitting anything? What yeah. Some, like GTA 5? GTA 5. Oh nine hours completed it without ever, like, as far as dinging another car or taking a single... That's insane. It's insane. That's like, insane. Who, how is but that even possible? The, yeah, but that's the other end of the spectrum, which I also find endless joy in, is people who give themselves, like insane challenges for no reason other than like to, to prove they can do it like the guy yeah. who played dark souls on like the guitar hero controller or whatever yeah <laughs> um like shit like that i also find endlessly fun because i'm like that that sounds like something that i could have come up with i'd never be good enough to pull it off but like watching somebody execute like something i've imagined is yes. endlessly endlessly entertaining <laughs> what got you into collect like what sparked you to start collecting uh you know i had like so I grew up, my parents had, like, got divorced when I was, like, really, really young. So I always had two, like, two places I would go and visit. And both of my parents, thankfully, were really cool as far as, like, me getting into video games. I remember when I would go to my dad's house, like, that's where the N64 was. That's where I would play those games. And I'd play with him or I'd play by myself. And then when I stayed with my mom, like, that's where the PS1 was. That's where the Super Nintendo was. And, like, my aunt, I remember, got me a Sega Nomad for Christmas once. Like, Wait, wait, wait. I don't know if I've even heard. What is a Sega Nomad? That's the, um, it's like the portable Sega Genesis, basically. Like, Sega made this what? giant, like, In this the actual gi- fuck. Like, this I giant. I've never heard of this. Yes. I feel terrible. I, I've told this story on the sh- on our show a million times, but, like, I never owned a Sega Genesis. I only ever owned a Sega Nomad. So, for the longest time, I didn't understand that, like, you could play, gen- like, that those cartridges were Genesis games. I always thought that, like, they were to be played on this obnoxiously large contraption that takes like 10 double a batteries or some insane shit it maybe runs for like three hours it's it's crazy but i i loved it to death wow dude um, I, I mean i had i had a game gear growing up i don't know if like <laughs> i just was never i dude i literally like it's very rare i'm almost embarrassed yeah. that i hear like i literally have zero memories <laughs> and i've never heard of this fucking nomad Holy it's not cow. it's not like a super i don't know that a lot of people grew up with it honestly but i remember it i i never knew that was one thing i never knew if i'm i could be misremembering this but i think you can it has like hookups so you could technically hook it up to your television it does look like i'm looking at the to play yeah yeah so you could play genesis games on your tv through it yeah and it has a controller port on the top i think but yeah like shit like that i was like you know like it was nuts so everybody around me was really like very like nobody ever told me like don't play video games everybody was just like ah here you go like i don't think they ever thought it would amount to anything i think they were i was just an annoying kid and they were like here this will shut you up for this will shut you up a few hours and i can you know have have some peace and quiet but eventually as i got older like i sort of drifted away from that stuff and my mom ended up giving away like all pretty much all my childhood stuff except for my ps1 games i managed to hold on to those and so when i got like a little bit older i want to say like 29 2009 
2009, 2010, I, like, randomly on YouTube, I started running across, like, retro game channels, retro game shows, and I was like, oh, man, I, I remember playing some of this stuff, and it looked so fucking cool, especially in comparison. Like, at this time, it was, like, the 360 sort of PS3 Wii era was starting up, where everything was, like, grim, dark, brown, gray, metallic, yes. guns, fuck, you know, kill everyone. And I was, like, I was super into it, but I was also like, wow, this stuff looks so colorful, it's so different from what I'm playing right now, and it's very, like, vibrant, exciting, like, the music's super cool. I kind of want to go back and, like, play some of the old stuff I had, but also look at the stuff that I didn't get to play ever, because I wasn't, like, I wasn't in the zeitgeist, like, I wasn't, like, looking out for releases. I would just go to Toys R Us, and, like, the first thing I saw on the shelf, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm getting this. And so I started, little by little, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, so we didn't have, like, a ton of retro game stores or things like that. Where do you live now, just for reference? I live, right now I live in Rhode Island, so now I'm on, like, the east coast of the states, but when I was back there, like, you could find some retro stuff, but it wasn't, you know, wasn't what it is, like, Mm. here in the states. Like, you couldn't, like, go to a flea market and buy, like, NES, Super Nintendo stuff, so you would either go to a store or, like, our game stuff, I will always remember, was, like, a generation behind U.S. releases. Like, I remember when, like, the the GameStops in the U.S. were, like, completely decked out in, like, Xbox, PS3, Wii stuff. The GameStop in Puerto Rico was still selling, like, PS2, original Xbox, <laughs> GameCube stuff. Like, they had, they held on to that stuff forever. And thank God they did, because I ended up finding a lot of cool stuff that I probably wouldn't have had the chance to get otherwise. But yeah, it was just that, like, want to go back. I feel like almost everybody else who does this, it's like that nostalgia just hits just hits different, right? Yeah. And you always want to want to go back and relive some of that stuff. And just the curiosity of, like, what wasn't I playing that I should have been playing? And it was, you know, I did that for about five years, just on my own, like, going around doing conventions because i moved to the states in 2013 i moved to virginia to go to school and stuff like that and so i was like going to flea markets i started doing garage sales i started like talking to people they do magfest up there so i went to a video game convention for the first time i was like holy shit like this is a whole community i have like people i can talk to about this stuff now like it's so much more it's so nice to like find people that like get it yeah you can sit down have a conversation with and won't look at you like you're crazy And then after all that, uh, I think 2017 or 2016, I got on Instagram and that was sort of the next step in that evolution is like now I'm seeing collections and games from all over the world all the time whenever I want Um, and that led me to meeting the other guys that originally started this podcast with us and so you know that's that's pretty much the story man it it starts from one kid's dream to get all his old shit back that his mom threw out (laughs) (laughs) it's a great story so it sounds like the podcast has started and you jumped how long was the podcast around before you jumped on I'm founding member like oh, we we started okay. it together yep so you in guys 2018. met on instagram and then yeah. started it okay we met on instagram and we just started talking and after a while do you know we we sort of were like man we love shooting the shit let's just record it put it out there and see if you know anybody wants to listen to it not ever thinking that like anybody would <laughs> like yeah the second people started downloading it i was like oh no <laughs> like we fucked up now people are gonna yell at us about all the things we got wrong and our audio quality <laughs> sucking yeah yeah What's been, uh, if you had to pick an episode that someone should start with, what do you think? Okay, actually, what would you recommend as the first episode for a new listener, and what is your personal favorite episode? 
Ah, uh, that's such a that's such a tough question. It's like asking me to pick my favorite kid, and I definitely yeah. have one, but I don't want the world to know that I have one. <laughs> I, I'd say if I was going to start somewhere, I would definitely not start with our earliest episodes, I'll tell you that much. One of our earlier episodes that I've always really loved is we did a Contra episode, uh, all the games of the Contra series. That one I really liked. Uh, we did an in-depth dive on the Fire Emblem series, which was also really fun. And then if you're looking for something like not as intense, we did, what was it? What was that game? Uh, oh, we did a a uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City episode that I think has been like our most popular episode for forever. And that was that was extremely fun just because I love Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Like the whole vibe of that game is yeah. timeless. Uh, And as far as, like, personal favorite ones, uh, we did a Persona 4 episode, which I love because that's, like, top three game of all time for me. Uh, And we did an Advanced Wars episode that is also, like, a series that's near and dear to my heart. And that one was extremely fun to talk about. You know, all sorts of weird little tidbits. And it's a series that I didn't think that people would enjoy listening about because it's, it's like, a turn-based strategy game. I was Mm -hmm. like, eh, nobody's... You know, but it actually ended up doing really well. And I I had a few people say that they loved that series and they're they were very happy that somebody had like talked about it. Talked about it. Yeah. 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 Dang, dude. Persona 4 is is, is up. That's that's up there. I just got the uh, like the Steam release, like the fourth time I bought that game. I don't know how many times I bought that game, but uh, I played the first time I played it. I played it later Mm -hmm. and it it was I can't remember if it was like the. Remind me, there was Persona 4, then Persona mm-hmm. 4 Golden? Yes, Golden is the, like, re-release with, like, extra content and whatnot. But that was, was Golden originally only Vita, and then it... Yep, it was Vita, what? and then it got that Steam release. I played it before the Steam release. I wonder if I didn't play Golden. Maybe I played just the original one. Yeah, the original was PlayStation 2 exclusive, but I think the original one also got a Steam release. I could be wrong about that. So it could be the the that you played Dang. the original. I played it. I want to say that game came out in like 08, 07, 08 around there. I ended up watching like some random guy talk about it. I've never heard of Shin Megami Tensei or any of those games like that was not something that was on my radar, but I heard him talk about it, and I was like, fuck, man, that sounds cool as shit. Like, yeah. you just fight God at the end of it. <laughs> like, So I went out to my GameStop. They had, like, one copy left. Uh, I remember it. It's, like, very vivid in my mind because, if I'm not mistaken, it was the summer after I had graduated high school, and so I had a lot of, like, feelings about stuff because I was, about like... About moving on past Going to college, yeah. like, yeah, doing all, all that stuff. So I remember I binge the crap out of it like early summer break maybe like may may to june or something like that and by the end of it i was like i i had not had an experience like that with a video game in a long time i was like i feel like these characters are my friends now (laughs) yes yeah it was uh i just remember being like finding out that at the end of the day it was the freaking gas station attendant spoiler alert yep the fucking gas i'm like that guy (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, they got me. That's like the first person you talk to when yep. you get into the town. And I'm like, yep. they got me. The one thing I don't like about it is they didn't ever really, like, there would have been no way for you to deduce that it was the gas station guy. That There was no hints or sort of no. like other things that added up like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it was him. It's yeah. so obvious. I think that would have made it like a little better. Yeah. But it's kind of like you talk to this person and then they never mention him. Nothing, and then yeah. all of a sudden, by the way, it's that guy. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I remember because I finished it 
and then the ending happened. Like I finished it, the not the true ending, like the normal ending. And then the ending happened. And I was like, man, you know, I loved it, but that ending was like unsatisfying. Yeah. So yeah, I was yeah. like, I wonder if there's like anything else to this game. Like I wonder if there's like any extra content. And I went online, and like one of the first game facts was like, this is the true ending. And I was like, oh fuck! So I had to go back and like try to do the thing. I don't know that I've ever actually beaten that fucker because he's hard as hell. Yeah, I ended. I got the regular ending. Yeah. And then I just watched the true ending because I didn't want to. I can't remember yeah. what it was, but it, I remember it being like quite a bit of work to like go back to a save. I'm like, nah, yeah. I don't want to like, well, I don't want to play through the whole thing again. Just so I'm, like, yeah. I'm just going to watch it. But yeah, the, the the characters, you definitely, it was like, the, that's the first, I played Persona 1 and 2 on the PlayStation 1, hmm. but I think they were a little too, like I remember playing, I was into JRPGs. They're just like a little too much for me to yeah. like follow. So I had some experience. But I had never done like this social sim where you had to manage yeah. like your day and then you realize like, oh, I could only I can't be best friends with everybody. Yeah. And depending <laughs> on depending on who I'm best friends with, that influences my battle and like this whole like juggling of your time. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like a regular RPG where you can completionist like I'm going to get every best weapon. I'm going to mm-hmm. get every best summon and I'm going to get all the items and like. You can't really do that. You can't max mm-hmm. everything out in Persona. And I, I remember thinking that was almost refreshing in a way because yeah. you, you can't, like the, the completionist part of your brain that drives you crazy is like, relax, Bo, it's not even possible. <laughs> you can't, it's like, don't worry about it. Just play the game, yep. let it happen, and see, yeah, just enjoy it. Yeah, it was, I, I played Persona 1 and 2, but not on the PlayStation 1. I played the, the PSP, like, remakes. Re-release, yeah. And I was like, I don't think I've, I'm, trying to finish them but they are a lot more esoteric and i think you're right it's like that whole social aspect to it just changes the game completely because it goes from like focusing on this big narrative that's like in in the case of persona one at least very complicated and like kind of convoluted and weird to like focusing on the individual stories of this group of characters that's like all very endearing and like cool people to hang around under the arch of like this big threat that's happening but yeah no that game that game just makes you fall in love with all those fucking characters it there's sucks. a reason yeah there's a reason it's like a cult classic if you haven't yeah. played it and you like rpgs i'd probably try it yeah what's the first video game you ever remember seeing that i remember seeing if i had to guess i'm going into my mind palace i think it was when i was five i remember my mom got me a super nintendo um, my cousins were living with me at the time, and so we tore into it, and uh, I remember playing Super Mario World first, and then playing Aladdin on the Super Nintendo, and th- so those are the two first games I remember, like, actually playing. I'm sure I must have seen, like, some arcade machine or something when I was little, but yeah, that's the first time I remember interacting with, like, a video game controller. Were you hooked? Like, I know Five's pretty young to go back and dig yeah. up memories, but do you remember... Was it like an instant, I'm hooked, like I'm into gaming? Or was it like, it's a fun thing, but it's... Because I remember I had... Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit... What year were you born? 91. Okay, so yeah, you're a little bit younger. I was born <laughs> in 85. Normally, okay. I try to guess what someone's first console is. <laughs> I forgot to do that. You already told me it's a Super Nintendo. <laughs> if you guessed 91, I would have either guessed Genesis or Super Nintendo. So it would yeah. have been a 50-50 chance. But was it... Because I, I had Mario on the NES and Duck mm-hmm. Hunt, and I liked it. And I had the original Legend of Zelda, which was too hard for a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. I, I, so uh, yeah. games didn't really click. I, I would say the reason I'm asking, I didn't feel like I became a gamer until the PS1 yeah. days. Do you, were you like, I'm all in early, or did it kind of grow on you over time? 
You know, I whenever I think back on it, I definitely remember, or at least I feel like I remember, that I was really enthralled by the idea of, like, having control over something. Like, mm. when I watch movies and I watch TV shows, I enjoy that. But, like, being able to hold a controller and, like, affect what's happening on the screen, yes. I remember as a kid being like, this is next level shit, like mind expanding like yeah. stuff like that so i was really fascinated by it but i wouldn't say like i wasn't i wasn't like oh this is what i this is all that i want now like i wasn't obsessed or i wasn't like actively seeking out stuff like that at the time i remember i think that more so happened when i got a little bit older like maybe 9 or 10 I remember having like this neighbor kid that I went to his house and he play he was playing Ocarina of Time and I, at the time I'd never seen a Nintendo 64 and I saw that and I was like holy shit like I'm over here you know I'm in fucking 20,000 AD and you're in fucking 8,000 like 20,000 yeah. BC and you're in the future like yeah. it was crazy and that was more the time when I was like damn like i i really do want to like explore this and take this a lot more seriously that's when i started playing more that's why i started like being interested in acquiring more games and then the ps1 for me as well was like the first console i owned that i was like this is a console i want to like explore and build a library of games around and you know sort of go at it that way what's the first game you remember getting obsessed like getting sucked into completely what's the first game you said that got you yeah thinking back on it it was probably legend of dragoon on the ps1 great pull that's Damn, like you're my, the first person to bring that game up that's I love my favorite that game. game of all time i remember i remember going to toys r us with my mom we were at we had like a like a summer apartment or like a little beach place and we went and i took my ps1 with me everywhere i went because i had the little i didn't have the original like fat playstation i had the tiny ps1 like with the screen that popped up i didn't have the screen but i had oh, that that model the single the slim PS1 yes. Slim. And yeah. so I, I would take it with me everywhere because it's so portable. And I was bugging my mom and she took me down to Toys R Us and I was walking down the aisle and I saw two games. I was like, I saw Final Fantasy Tactics and I saw Legend of Dragoon. And I was like, ooh, ooh. I want one of these. Both are in my top five. So yeah, can't go wrong. <laughs> and my mom was like, I wanted I was like, I think I want this one. And my mom was like, well, this one's rated teen. Like, do you think because I was like, I must have been like eight nine yeah something like that are you sure like maybe you should look at some other ones and i was like no 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 i really like i want this one like really badly like can i get it and so we got it and it was just like the art on the cover of it yeah like immediately i was like holy fuck but like did this you know looks cool. it was a jrpg and you no. were already into rpgs oh, i had never i had never heard of this game this was the first jrpg i ever played really yes so at eight or nine years old you jump into legend of dragoon which is a pretty yeah. <laughs> pretty beefy jrpg RPG. Yeah. Wow. I just, it was the cover. It was like, it was truly that like child moment of like, this one has the cool stuff on it. Like I want Bro, this that one. opening cinematic <laughs> probably blew your brain. I did. I, I'd never seen anything like it. Like the yeah. opening cinematic, the music, like at the time I was like, game graphics will never get better than, you know, what every kid thinks yes. of whatever system they're playing as a kid. And like, the more I got into it, the more I was like, I made the right decision. <laughs> Yeah, for those of you who don't like aren't familiar with the game, it came out, I believe, pretty late in the PS1 lifecycle, which makes sense because you were rocking the slim. Yeah, and it was like Sony's like sort of next Final Fantasy VII 
Um, I believe it was. I forget the company that developed it, but I want to say it was like an official I think it was, Sony game. Like yeah, I think Sony it was Sony funded. Interactive Japan yeah. or something. And uh, back in those days, a lot of these like 32-bit era PlayStation One JRPGs would have early computer graphics like cutscenes, <laughs> and then like a totally different graphical style when you're yeah. playing the game. And a big a big motivating factor for me was like getting to the next cutscene. I want yep. to see what the next cutscene looks like. A lot of them would open up with these super awesome CG animations. Yep. And Legend of Dragoon, I had already played a lot of JRPGs. That was like towards the end. It was like the capstone yeah. of some of the last JR, and it was easily one of my favorite. And I've always wanted there to be uh, a sequel or some sort of legitimate yep. remaster. There Still is. Waiting. Speaking of mods, I guess you don't have a PC, but if you've heard of NVIDIA and some other companies have these AI upscaling neural network algorithms okay. where they feed them a bunch of like similar technologies, NVIDIA DLSS, where they feed it like the same image at different resolutions and it starts okay. recognizing patterns. Okay. And then what you do is you run in low resolution, like pre-rendered backgrounds. Say for Final Fantasy VII, it's already been done really well. Mm-hmm. You can mod the original Final Fantasy VII and all the backgrounds have been AI upscaled to 4K. Ooh, and they look really good. That's awesome. And there is a small, there's like one dude who's like chipping away at Legend of the Dragoon. It's, it's just not sick. as popular. So there's, yeah. like, but I'm like, whoever, if I, I gotta, if I could remember your name, I'd shout you out. But whoever you are, I hope you finish <laughs> your project because I want to replay that game yeah. modded and like go through that whole thing. Dude, that, the uh, animations when you transform into the dragoon into a dragoon like it's a so freaking, sick it, it, i was like power rangers are bitches the dragoons yeah. are where it's at yeah no the first time uh, i had dart transform into his dragoon form i was like fuck dude like my brain melted out the size of my ears i was like <laughs> this is this is the peak of my life like i'll I remember, never get better i would never this skip moment. you had the choice to skip them i wouldn't skip them i would because never they were cool to watch yep yeah and i remember yeah it was it was definitely it was definitely not the rpg i should have chosen like in terms of like something that's beatable for me i remember getting stuck pretty early on and then leaving it for a while but i would always it was a game that like throughout i think like i said i must have gotten it somewhere between 9 and 11 that's what i remember i must have you know picked it up and then throughout that until i was like 18 i was like picking it up putting it down picking it up putting it down i must have restarted that game like five six times like never beating it until i would get to like disc three or disc four but something would always happen and it would like you know sort of side Mm. like it would take my attention away and then i'd come back and i'd be like i don't remember anything so i have to start over again and then when i was 18 i was in college and i was hanging out with my best friend at the time and i was like have you ever played legend of dragoon he's like no i have no idea what that is and i'm like oh Oh, okay well he was into video games at the time but he was like he he was into like kingdom hearts and like other jrpgs okay and i was like i think you're really gonna like it like we should play it and he had a ps3 and that could play ps1 games yep so i was like i'm just gonna bring it over we're gonna start playing it and so we started just passing the controller back and forth and going through the whole thing until eventually we beat it and that was the first time i had ever beaten it was with him um nice. so that's like it was like a two three month odyssey like i would go <laughs> Go over to his house and we play and then he'd come over to my house and we'd play some more and it was just such a fucking cool experience like going through all that and just having somebody be like going through it with you so you can talk about it you. in real yeah. time you could be like yeah, oh yeah. shit like this happened that happened like we would have like conversations about it nobody would know what the fuck we were talking
talking about because nobody was playing this game. Did that the story in that game? I don't remember all the details. Um, yeah. I was a little bit older. I was probably seventeen or eighteen when it came out. Yeah, and I I remember thinking like that's one of the like best stories. The the ending battle was really cool. They, yes. everyone talks about Aerith dying, but I think his name's Alfred, the Wind Dude. Yes, when the Wind La- Dude Lavitz is the one that Lavitz. Died. Yes, yes. When when he dies, I was gutted. I was like, yeah. "Damn, dude! Fuck!" I that liked was the him. first time I'd seen somebody die in a video game, like like a character like that. Yeah, that was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like so many firsts contained in this one game. Yeah. Like I remember buying it, and then when I opened it and I saw it was four discs, I was like, "What the fuck am I gonna do with this? How how do I? What do I do? Are these four different games? Like, what's the deal here?" I remember when I got to the end of the first disc the first time. I must have been like twelve or thirteen or. 14 and it said like please insert disc 2 and i was like how like do i turn my console off and then switch it and i was like so scared that if i like open the console mm. while the disc was running i'd like fuck it up <laughs> it's just like like it was such a such like a formative experience for me as a gamer because it had like so many aspects of so many different things that i'd come to really appreciate did you uh so you you've you end up beating it later with your friends. Mm-hmm. It's like, kind of like a co-op experience. Yeah. In between getting Legend of Dragoon for the first time at 9 or 11, what did you play in between that on PlayStation? What do you remember sticking out? PlayStation was was an amalgam. Like, PlayStation was, because it was the first console, I think, that, like, I was like, okay, this is going to be the gaming console for me. I didn't have any taste, so I was like... I'll, I'm gonna try everything. Yeah, I remember there was a Konami game. I still own it. It's back here somewhere. It's called Big Old Bass Two. It was like this fishing game. I think I I had um, a cover cover come up in my head. I wonder if it's right. Big yeah, but uh, the the thing about two. it was as you progressed, you would catch like more and more ridiculous fish. And I remember like one of the last levels, the water <laughs> is like completely red, and so like you the, you can't see anything, and you're trying to catch this like terror fish, like this giant giant fish with like fangs and shit and i was terrified of this game when i was a kid i was like oh my god like oh i found no it way. I, there's footage of it you yeah yeah like a demon fish in the water's yeah. all red there's like a it's, giant skeleton in the background oh it's so scary that's badass like as a kid i was like fuck this this sucks because i was just like i'm gonna die like this fish is gonna come and knock my boat over and kill me you you are definitely the only person who has brought up bass big old, fishing. Big old bass, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that Tony Hawk was like... Yeah, that's a big one. A huge Tony Hawk 1, yeah, Tony yeah. Hawk 2. I grew up in this um, apartment building. There was like a group of us kids. And like I remember two, a couple of them lived on the same floor as me. One of them lived like a few floors up. The other one lived like more floors up. But we would all get together and like skate and, you know, do like stupid kid shit. And then we'd go to each other's houses and play video games. That's how I played a lot of like video games that I couldn't buy myself. Like that was the first time I ever saw Metal Gear Solid was I watched like oh, a friend yeah. of mine play it. Uh, the first time I played Conker's Bad Fur Day. Like, another kid had that. But Tony Hawk was one that we would all get together and play all the time. Like, we would play, like, the multiplayer modes. We'd play horse, uh, trick attack, graffiti. Yep. 
like all the all that shit we were super super into it so that was a big one big old bass i remember i owned like 10 pin alley i think was like a bowling game i was really into bowling for some reason Dan, you're pulling out some deep cups i think i don't call it 10 pin 10 pin alley oh uh dave mira's bmx that was another one i remember because it had the triple x no not triple x bmx it was called dave mira's bmx because it was the it was like right after tony hawks came out there was like andy mcdonald skateboarding dave mira's bmx like matt hoffman's bmx but Dave Mira's, I remember, because I was I was terrible at it. I couldn't play it. But I loved going into the first level. And I would restart the level multiple times because all I wanted was to listen to What I Got by Sublime, which was one of the songs uh, on that soundtrack. Um, so I would go in there and I'd just cruise around and like do tricks in, in a free ride to Sublime <laughs> for, you know, 30 minutes or something. I just found some footage for uh, Ten Pin Alley. I yeah. never... I don't think I... I think I saw the cover of this game. Yeah. Obviously, like, Blockbuster or Hollywood or something. Yeah. I would have never picked it, but... Uh, I remembered I remembered another one, uh, and your listeners might know this one. It's Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories. Ooh. It was, like, a two-day... This is, like, one that I either lost or I, get, or I like, lent to somebody and I never got it back, and I'm still trying to get it. But it was, like, an early, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! game, and it was around the time when I was, like, into Yu-Gi-Oh! And pretty much ever since that game, I've been really into... It was that game and the Pokemon trading card game on Game Boy that, like, made me obsessed with, like, trading card game video games. Like, that's always been, like, my guilty pleasure sort of game, uh. when I just want to, like, relax for a little bit i'll i'll play a, a trading card video game i've never heard of this one either it's a, like uh yeah it's just like a grid yeah it's just the card game yeah yep but it has like this whole story that's like it's set in ancient egypt and like a whole bunch of stuff that i'm sure is related to the anime in some way but i wasn't keeping up with it enough to you just figure like the it card out game. so are you big into like all the final fantasy card games you play all those I haven't, you know what? I haven't played any of them. Like Final Fantasy is is a big gap in my JRPG. <gasps> like not yeah. Like I've I've Blasphemer. played seven. I've never beaten it. Never I've never played eight. Played a little bit of nine. Played six, but haven't beaten it. The only ones I've beaten are fifteen and ten. Ten was the first one I played. Mm, I think the two I arguably hate the most. Yeah, I'm not Actually, a huge no, fan of ten. I, 15's okay. I like fifteen. Fifteen. Fifteen gets a lot of shit like deservedly so most of the time but like i just can't hate on a game that's about three bros riding around in a convertible yeah. like i think the hard part <laughs> about 15 was being so hyped during the whole marketing process when it was yeah. originally versus 13 and all all the things that they said it was going to be then it wasn't yep. and then like when it finally came it was like this m- weirdly paced mis- mixed matched <laughs> batch of ideas yep parts of, like i remember playing through it and sometimes I'd be like, this is hitting all the right buttons, and this yeah. is the pinnacle. And then an hour later, I would be like, this is a slog, and I <laughs> yep. hate this. I agree. And, but I beat it. And wasn't, wasn't like, part of the story also, like, like they made, like, some anime movie that, like, yeah, explains the beginning of the story or something? Yeah, yeah King's Glaive, which is awesome if you haven't seen it. Some of the yeah. best CG I've ever seen in my life. I remember people being pissed about that. <laughs> yeah, like, like, that was originally supposed to be part of the game. And there's yeah. a really good Neo gaff thread that i'm sure have been pinned in sort of archive that you could probably mm-hmm. track down that talks through different interviews and what the original scope and the story of the game was okay what, what ended up happening and it has a similar thing to xenogears i don't know if you remember once you get to the other continent on the train mm-hmm. 
the game becomes extremely linear and it's just like yeah. hallway after hallway, cutscene yeah. after cutscene. It's because they like they scrapped what they were originally going for and they like hodgepodged a bunch of different story elements together and just kind of like wrapped it up. And <laughs> you don't even really understand who Arden is. Spoiler: He's the bad guy, the main yeah. bad guy. But they did put out episode Arden later, the DLC, yeah. which I never played. Which I apparently... didn't play any of the DLC either. Okay, yeah. I will say after um, after uh, Noctis comes back to life, like fifteen years later. Yeah. And then you meet up with the bros, and you have that one final camping trip, and he's like, <laughs> "I'm, I'm going to die. Like this is a suicide mission. Like it's yeah. like my fate. Like it's." I did get a little emotional. Yeah. I was like, okay, even with all the <laughs> shit, there was enough of emotional impact. I am. Slightly yeah. attached to these characters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was... Yeah, that's, that's what I, I was like, you know... And maybe maybe my, like, non-attachment to Final Fantasy helps me in this case. Yeah. But I was like... I just wanted, like, a chill, like, JRPG experience with, like, a nice open world, like, beautiful graphics and decent combat. And I feel like it delivered on that. So I was like, yeah, I, yeah. I had a good time, like... It gave me what I wanted. Yeah. Ten, on the other hand, ten's really good <laughs> in many ways, but I hate Titus so much. The characters in ten are very hit and miss. Like, Titus, I hard. can't stand, but Waka, Auron, I wanna... on the other hand, yes. I, one of my favorite characters. What I think, what I always take away from ten, that I don't know why it's not, like, permanent part of, like, every JRPG, is the, in the battle system, when they tell you the turn order. Yes. I'm like, every game should have this. Every single JRPG should should have this and like show me how i can affect turn order by like using buffs and debuffs and like yeah. play around with that stuff i thought that was really cool the sphere grid's also like a pretty fun way of like upgrading characters and stuff but the story is just like i kind of bounced off of it i was really like i'm here for the cool visuals and the fun battle mechanics and yeah. that's about it <laughs> that's about it i thought some of the concepts of the story were cool like this cycle of this demon that comes and wipes everyone out and you have yeah. to uh sacrifice someone and then it comes every seven years and mm -hmm. like that was pretty cool though when it ended up being his dad from a different dimension and yeah. he didn't exist <laughs> and i didn't quite follow all of that yeah like, okay i didn't really like him anyway so i guess i don't care if he disappears <laughs> he never existed well and the and the music was great music as was, always yeah two xanarkand might be yeah. my favorite even though it's one of my least favorite Final Fantasies, it's up there with my one of my favorite songs yeah. in a Final Fantasy. It's great. Yeah, that's an amazing track. What other what would what would you say were the PS one games that if you had to pick your top five PS one games on the spot for that and then we'll move on to like the next era after that. Oh, all right. Damn. Uh I mean Legends of Dragoons number one with a yeah. bullet easy tony hawks one and two probably takes the next two spots i'm trying to think of like because i i have to discern between like games i owned and games i played at other people's houses because there was a lot of like well, you we could, had it our, could be something you played at someone else's house yeah we had our own little economy where it's like i'll give you this if <laughs> you course. give me these two things yes, and like yes, we'll yeah, you yeah. know do our do our thing i remember i've never been a huge fan of the series but i will always remember going to my friend's house near halloween wasn't halloween at like 7 or 8 p.m or something and sitting in a dark room watching him play the beginning of resident evil one and Ooh. when he walks down that hallway and that motherfucking dog jumps through that window yeah. i just about <laughs> shit my pants i almost ran out of the room it's it's like one of the more vivid video game memories i have i probably put resident evil up there for that and metal gear solid was one that like i never touched the controller and to this day i've tried playing 
it. The mechanics just aren't like I'm just uh-huh. not good at it. But I I I dig what it's doing. Like that's a game that I want to like hire someone to come to my house and play for me and have me sit next to them and be like experience it without having to do the the minutia of the stealth and all that stuff. But I remember watching a friend of mine play through it and me being like, this is fucking cool, yeah. man. Like like just those little things were so fun. That game is one I can totally see where you could just watch. And one of the first games that I think someone could sit down and watch as a spectator yeah. and just be entertained the whole time. It's it's so cinematic. Like yes. it, everything about it is like so stylized and it's very it plays into what it wants to do and it adds like those little touches like being able to knock on walls to like alert people to where you want them to go and like I think you could could you not like smoke a cigarette to like reveal lasers and stuff yep. like that. Like that stuff I was like Yeah, you have to smoke a cigarette in a couple places as a part yeah. of a story mechanic to progress as well. Yeah. yeah. It was um it's it that brings up I've been preparing for like a new a new series to launch on my YouTube channel which is nothing right now just some episodes but I I love going back and modding old games and getting them to run in mm-hmm. 4K and that's one of them there's a really good PS1 emulator called Beetle the hardware accelerated Beetle and you can okay. use you can use a thing called PGXP which is uh stands for precision geometry pipeline <laughs> something that's but awesome. what it does is it fixes the texture warble and like the texture seams that were oh, on PS1 and then you can run the game in like native 4K with some like uh there's a texture up resing algorithm called XBZ which is pretty good anyway I go, I'm deep down the rabbit hole on this shit that's so sick <laughs> though because the PS1 specifically the Nintendo 64 also has this problem and I feel like people give it a little bit too much credit but like the ps1 because it was in that like i'm always i've always been so impressed when like we jump from one generation to another just like the improvements of graphics Mm -hmm. and things like that and like it gets less and less impactful as the generations go on and as you grow up i feel like as a kid it's just like everything's more amazing yeah yeah yeah. but the super nintendo to ps1 jump because like the super nintendo is the peak of 16-bit like by the end of that system life like developers were doing like such insane and amazing like pixel art and then the ps1 and n64 come out and it's all these jagged chunky polygons that like yes definitely have their charm but when i try to go back and play some of those games i'm like oh man like it's not the same yeah so like what i've been doing is i've been uh i don't think i'm gonna make a new channel but have like a playlist called old games in 4k something yeah. along the lines of that and go use all these awesome i played through Mega Man legends too like like have all the <laughs> footage oh that's sick and uh metal gear solid is one of them i the problem was is like i like to make clips mm-hmm. of me like talking shit and play, i like to get drunk play games talk shit yeah. put them into clips to promote the podcast but i don't want to upload those playthroughs as like a youtube playthrough like, yeah that should be have no one on top that's just you're there to see the game yeah. in like 4k with all the cool mods on it and you want to yep. like, and i want to play through like metal gear all the way through I started mm-hmm. with I started it with uh, Symphony Night as well, but edit Such all like, every time I die, edit it out so I can as you as a watcher, you can mm-hmm. sit down and watch the whole game be played through without any hiccups. Yeah, so I just edited all like the uh, the successful attempts together. But yeah, it's in four like full four K with all the mods, and so you don't have to play it. You yeah. can just sit back and have the experience. The best way to experience it now as a modern day person. Yeah, especially if the mechanics get in your way. Yeah. And I finally awesome. figured out how to record with a different program, my webcam and audio separate. 
from okay. the so I can get two for one. I can get drunk, play the yeah, game, exactly. talk shit, and do double dip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just upload the one file for the yes, gameplay yes, up to the yes, YouTube. Yeah, yeah that's, perfect. that's one of them. Metal Gear Solid One with all the, the bells and whistles with modern metal, uh, modern emulation. Yeah, is awesome. What I I agree with you with the sixteen bit though. I don't like actually when I play games that are sixteen bit and older that are more pixel based. Yeah. I don't use any sort of the filters or upresing stuff. Yeah. I actually like. There's a filter called Nearest. You can use on a lot of mm-hmm. different emulators, but because pixels are square and perfect, yeah. it can upscale to four K really easy because it can read. But yeah. it just keeps the pixels like it just makes the pixels bigger. Oh, gotcha. And, and really sharp. And I think pixel art like NES Super Nintendo Genesis game. In 4K, just raw pixels look yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. Like the style works, and so when yeah. I do those ones, I do like naked. I do no, yeah. no filters, no nothing. Yeah, no, they they really like. I I it's I guess it's just because they were working on them for so long. They really like squeezed all the all the juice out of that stuff yeah. by the by the end of this that system's life. And it's the reason why like I see people on Instagram like using just like straight up Super Nintendos on like pvms with like some scart cabling or something and it looks gorgeous yeah yeah like it looks great the uh legend of dragoon though is like the tail end of the ps1 and if you compare legend of dragoon graphics to really almost any ps1 game that is yeah that might be the pinnacle of ps what's one of a metal gear solid yep legend of dragoon uh, yeah. Like, what else would be up there for best graphics on PS1? You know, I'm drawing a I, blank. I don't. I don't know. I haven't played through a lot of the game, but I remember like Final Fantasy IX, specifically the like actual cuts. Because Square's always been great at like doing the cutscenes, and those were ones yes. that I was like, "Holy crap!" Like these look really, really nice. I remember thinking that about Final Fantasy X too when I saw it, just being like, "Wow, these cutscenes are amazing!" And then they cut back to the regular gameplay. I'm like, eh, "This this isn't as as good as what I was just looking at." Oh. Oh yeah, Vagrant Story. I have I recorded the intro of Vagrant Story in 4K. That's awesome. I never played that game, but I wanted it for the longest time because again, like it looked cool as shit and I recently got it and I have to I have to start playing it. The mechanics on that one are are uh, very different. This, That's what I yeah. have like two people that, that like that I know that are like one of them's like I loved it, like I played it when it came out and it was great. Another person was like, I tried to play it recently. I fucking hated it. Like, like if you don't play it, like, exactly this specific way, like, you're kind of fucked. Yeah, the battle system is sort of similar. The only game that came out that has a similar battle system, unironically, came out around mm-hmm. a similar time, which is Parasite Eve 1. Okay. Where it's which like, I played and I loved. If you like Parasite Eve 1, you might like the battle system of Vagrant Story. It's not a, a one-for-one similarity, yeah. but there are some overlaps in the sense of, your main character in, in Vagrant Story has like a sphere around mm-hmm. him where you can, if you, if an enemy's within that sphere, you can attack. You can attack them. It, but like it, when you hit the attack button, then you choose between like head, on, left arm, torso. Oh, okay. they, have, they have like different percentages and mm-hmm. like depending. But if you hit the right arm and you know they're going to use a right arm attack, mm-hmm. and you and you know you can hit the right arm for enough HP that it breaks their right arm, then you can interrupt their next attack. Oh, that's and not, sick. And not get hit. So it's like it's like learning the enemies and what their attack patterns are and where their weaknesses yeah. are. And then at the same time, it's a dungeon crawler. Like it's not okay. a JRPG with like cities. You just basically go down deeper into a dungeon. Deeper okay. And deeper. Gotcha. Yeah. That sounds sick, though. Like and the art like style it. for that game has always like intrigued me. It's 
immensely. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you ever see Fear Effect 1 and 2? It's like a cel-shaded PS1 yeah, I have, game. I have Fear Effect 1. I've never played it. I haven't played them either, but I always thought they but looked... But they look... Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> I, I got it because I saw the thing, and I was like, oh, this looks crazy. And I bought cleavage. it, and I put it on a shelf, and... Yeah. <laughs> nah, I haven't touched I it I remember then. seeing, like, the cover of... I think both of them have, like, a hot chick with cleavage, cel-shaded graphics. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, okay, that caught my... You have you have my attention? <laughs> <laughs> but I never that was the move either. back then. They would that was def- the move. It they would do the that move. a lot. It's always <laughs> yeah. It's, it's probably, always been I mean, the move. You look at Twitch. I, I think the a- difference now is that all the game covers have like anime girls when they do that now. It's yes. never like like the like the sort of more realistic looking yes. female characters. Yeah, if, if like the the blatantly sexualized video game stuff is also very anime. Yeah. Like those those two styles come together, which is weird. I've gotten sick of growing up. I remember anime was like a rarity. Yeah. I remember when there was Dragon Ball Z was on Sunday mornings at like 5 a.m. for a while when I was a kid. <laughs> and that's all you could get. And I remember renting like Ninja Scroll and Akira. Yeah. And that's all you could get. And now I'm like the opposite. Like I'm so rinsed on anime. Like I'm actually just... And that's one of the things I don't like about JRPGs now. It's like, I don't, if it's anime, I'm just not interested. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's like, it's just been overdone, I guess. I don't know if other people feel, I'll watch, if someone tells me like, this anime has a really cool premise. Yeah. Sometimes animes have, animes have the coolest ideas. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll put up with like the weeby shit to get through like the really <laughs> cool stuff. Yeah. But uh, I wish they did that more. I wish you could combine some of this. I'm trying to. I guess there's Japanese games that are like Bloodborne is not anime at all. Yeah, and that's sort. I guess it is not always that way, but yeah, yeah. the sex there shit is... and anime go hand in hand like yeah. peanut butter and jelly. There is. Um, I'm sort of the same way. Where like when I was growing up, I had a I had a friend who was super into anime, and so I would just watch whatever he had. Like I was yeah. like, oh, let me borrow this, and I'd just watch anything. And now because of like Crunchyroll and Netflix and all these other, there's so yeah. much to there's pick so from yeah. that I'm like, I need somebody like I. I'm not going to pick something myself unless I know that it looks like something I'm going to like everything else. I'm like, please just recommend me something Mm -hmm. because I can't afford to watch like 14 episodes of an anime to then be like, "Uh, I, this this isn't good. Yeah. Yeah, Like I don't want to watch this anymore. Everyone's talking about demon slayer. There's like a movie out. Yes. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I want to watch it just because it's so like the big thing right now. Yeah. Um, And I've heard the animation on it is like, next level amazing but i've been watching i started watching jojo's bizarre adventure recently because a friend of mine was like you have to watch it it's so ridiculous That's a legendary one from what i yeah. understand yeah yep so i started watching it it's incredibly ridiculous but it's very fun it's it's a very fun watch but i need to go back and and watch the classics because i i got into anime like I, I was sort of spoiled in that, like, I didn't have to try very hard. Like, Toonami was around when I was yeah, a yeah. kid. So I watched, like, Roroni Kenshin, Yu Yu Hakusho, Dragon Ball Z, like, all those. And it was just, like, a block. Like, I would come home after school and it'd be like, let's watch Gundam Wing, you know? Yeah. But I missed out on a lot of, like, I've watched Akira, but I haven't seen, like, Do Megalopolis, like, MD Geist, like, Ooh, Cyber City Oedo. Yes. Like, you know, like, all the big ones that everybody's like, you gotta, like, this is the one i rented from the sketchy video shop like down the street yeah <laughs> i saw megalopolis really early and i i need to rewatch it because i was pretty young i just remember being 
thinking like the animation was cool, the story was decent, but I'm really confused and I don't get what they're trying to say. Yeah, you know, because it's like I wasn't old enough to understand like the yeah. analogies and the symbolism and all that stuff. Yeah, I'll never forget too. I <laughs> I was at a local blockbuster, and I'm sure this happens all over the place but i remember being like must have been like 15 16 or something and being in like the kids section for some reason and looking around and finding like anime in that section and like a lot of it was definitely like not not like ninja scroll and like hentai and stuff (laughs) like that i was like who the fuck like organized this I had an interesting experience specifically with Ninja Scroll. That was not the first anime. I think I had seen... It might have been the first anime. It was, but I remember seeing the cover, again, mm-hmm. in the cartoon section. Yeah. And I'm like, this looks dope. It's ninjas <laughs> and, like, swords. And my dad rented it for me. And I grew up in an extremely uh, religious household, like, bo- oh, like God. borderline cult. Like, it's, yeah. I don't... Some of, my, some of my friends and family are still in listening to this. Look. It's a cult. No disrespect. Yeah. I grew up Mormon. And uh, oh, gotcha. my dad was like hardcore and likes anything sexual is like in Mormon theology. There's like oh, murder no. and then sexual shit is like right below murder. It's yeah. A big, big no, no in terms of like seriousness. Okay. And uh, I had no idea about Ninja Scroll. I get home. I'm watching it. The early for those who haven't seen it early in the <laughs> movie, there's a rock demon guy that rips the top off a girl starts sucking on her boobs. Yep. Yeah, but she's actually the <laughs> king's bodyguard, and she's been poisoning herself her whole life to make her to make herself immune to poison. And she she That's like right. drinks everything the king eats. She drinks and tastes first to make sure it's mm. not poisonous. Well, the rock demon doesn't know that. He starts yep. sucking on her titties. And then he starts to die because he gets poisoned. Anyway, my uh, friend of the family comes downstairs, like, right in that scene. Of course. And it's like, what in the... They wouldn't have said, what the fuck? They said, you know, what, what is going on? And, they, and they, they tell my dad. And my dad thought that I knew. Like, I had oh, deceived him. He thought, like, Dude, you tricked him. I got my ass beat. Like, <laughs> no. And I was like, Dad, I swear I didn't know. He's like, bullshit. Yeah. You're full of shit. I'm like, yeah. It was I just... Could- it was kids section yeah it looked i could cool. absolutely see that happening to yeah. so many children where they're like oh this looks cool like yeah. why would you think otherwise yeah yeah it was uh i still love the movie and i yeah. definitely <laughs> i definitely like got a hold of it and finished it somewhere else at a friend's house or something yeah because i was like that's the fucking coolest cartoon <laughs> i gotta, I've I gotta ever watch seen. this now. <laughs> yeah yeah like uh and when the demon dies he like starts falling apart in pieces and it's super bloody yeah. And I'm like, I had never seen a cart. I didn't know cartoons could be so cool. You definitely so, had good taste as a child. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it was, uh, the boobs part was cool too. And I was like young. <laughs> I was down with that. But it, it was, that's what I meant. Like in the beginning, anime like blew my mind. And then mm-hmm. it's been this weird transition where I don't like it anymore for the yeah. most part. Yeah. I'm very yeah. picky, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's just like a lot of stuff like this when it becomes like more mainstream and there's like more which is good. I mean, it's nice that it's seeing like so much popularity and people yeah, have yeah. like so much to choose from now. But that I think that sort of that thing sort of always happens where the more popular sort of trends start taking over and people start sort of imitating and falling into certain lanes and things I think get toned down a little bit because yeah. it, you're trying to appeal more. So you have to like search a little harder to find like the people who are doing like the stranger more unique sort of experiences whereas before it was like everybody was just doing crazy shit because there was like not that many people that were into it and they could get away with whatever they wanted because nobody's paying attention yep exactly during the ps1 time did you get a hold of any saturn games pc games 
64 were you exposed to any no of that? i had well i owned a 64 but i was like like i never knew i didn't know the sega saturn existed until i was much older and like i started learning about video game history yeah, i just never yeah. had friends who had saturns or anything like that i had a friend who had a dreamcast and that was one that i like definitely knew about and that was like the era where i became like the ps2 xbox dreamcast gamecube era was the era where i like became like definitely more aware as far as like in general yes of like actively going out and searching gaming news and trying to Mm -hmm. learn things like trying to see what games were coming out and when they were coming out and how to get them and pre-ordering and you know doing all that stuff what uh so the next generation kind of modern ps2 like you said Mm. did you did you end up getting all the consoles or did you have one console what Uh, what happened after that so i got a ps2 i was like ps2 that's that's my jam and i stuck with it almost till the end of the almost to the end of that generation but i ended up going to a friend of my mom's house and he had an xbox and so i was like oh let me try some of these xbox games i've never played an xbox before and i ended up playing uh knights of the old republic star wars knights of the old republic and i fell in love i immediately was like i need to get an xbox like right now um so i went to gamestop (laughs) i traded in a bunch of stuff probably got like thirty dollars and my mom was like I'll help you pay for it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I just bought this stuff like two months ago. It's definitely going to be worth like $50. That's how they get you. So yeah. Knights of the Old Republic got you to buy the console. Yeah. yeah. Just and by it- itself, I was like, I, I can't not play this because I played like a chunk of it, um, but I knew I couldn't save and I wasn't going to go back. Yeah. And so yeah, I was yeah. like, I've, I've got to I've got to play this game. So I played it. I beat it. It's probably the game I've beaten the most in my life. I've probably beaten it like four or five times. And then I got the sequel and I beat that like two or three times as well. Not as good, but still good enough that I was like, I'm going to yeah, play this right, thing right. multiple times. PS2? Anything that stands out to you on PS2 is like... So PS2... PS2 was... Yeah, there was a lot more going on with me in the PS2. Persona 4 obviously being like a later thing that I played. I remember at the same... My mom's friend's house, he also had a PS2 for his kids. And I remember playing like the weirdest games. Like I played Mr. Mosquito there. That is a super weird game. And for Mr. Mosquito... Know, yeah. <laughs> try to cut you off. I just sometimes <laughs> no, 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 I forget. Go. Sometimes I forget that a lot of people just won't know what that stuff is when I yeah. bring it up. It's a uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you just play as I forgot what the point of that game is. It's like to survive a bunch of different scenarios. But there's like a girl in the underwear and you like yeah, fly around. So literally her. the whole story is basically like surrounds I think it's I think it's the Yamada family and it's like their summer their summer and you're this mosquito and every <laughs> level you're tasked to like suck a certain amount of blood out of whichever oh, member of the family's yes. level it is. But you have to like target certain areas of their bodies. And so honestly the story of the game is just how a mosquito ruins this family's like entire life. Because as it progresses <laughs> Progresses, like they get more and more upset with each other that you exist and haven't been murdered and like they just start losing their minds gradually i remember like but yeah the famous level is like i think the third or fourth level where you're the girl the daughter of the family whose age is not disclosed for i'm assuming obvious reasons yeah is taking a bath and so you have to like land on her boob or like the top of her chest to suck blood out of and that was the one that everybody was like oh oh no i mean if the girl if the girl i can't if the girl's underage then yeah that's a big that's kind of yeah they never they never say and i think it's one of those things where it's like you just assume that she's 18 i mean like yeah you have to but yeah. Japan's weird about that. Like, there was a game, I'll admit it, that was got all this, like, crazy bad press. 
And I thought, like, this can't be real. And I found it's called Ray Play. Oh, no. And it's like... It's I've a never real heard of game. this. <laughs> it's a real game. It's like, it's it's a Japanese-only, like, PC game. You can find a way to download it. And you actually can't have sex with women, but, like, it's a harassment simulator. Oh, no. Like, you harass God, women no. on the subway. Um, I, I will admit I played it for about 30 yeah, minutes. So I'm like, yeah, it's real. It's also, yeah. like, really hard. I couldn't even... I couldn't even figure out because it's like a point and click. You can't harass successfully. Well, like, I think that's get... I think that's a good thing that you weren't good at <laughs> yes. it. But you, I couldn't even get to the harassment point because there's like it's almost like these are play mist. It's like a point yeah. and click puzzle game. So every level is like you you have to like go through some puzzles and then you get to the end of the level and there's a situation where there's a hot girl and you like you can harass oh her. Oh, and I Jesus. couldn't even I couldn't get to like yeah. it was like hard to so the like, actual wanna, part. I don't want to do all the work, so then I just like googled it and watched some footage. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's real. Like this is the <laughs> game I'm playing. This is what happens. This is fucking crazy. I can't believe it's a real game. Yeah, Japan has always been. They make the best games, but they've always had this like weird subculture, which yeah. is why we were saying anime and hentai. Yeah, and such games. they like, they it's weird. you know you got to take the good with the bad. Like yeah. there's always going to be stuff like that. And you know, some people, some people like make it work. Like I think, I think there have been examples of like incorporating uncomfortable situations into like game stories that like, you know, just like any other medium, right? Like you are, you, if you do it correctly, you can talk about some of these it, things. It can be a good thing. Yes. It's just like, yes. if it, if you miss the mark on it, it's, it's just bad. It's a nuclear train wreck. Yeah. yeah. And with games, like like we said, because you're in control of it, if it's bad, it's, like, even worse, because yeah, then you're like forcing you're almost, the person to do you're it. You're culpable, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you ever play Last of Us 2? Uh, I haven't played the second one. I played the first one, but uh, not the second one. That's a game where I thought um, a lot of people boycotted that game. It was weird. That game came out in the middle of, like, the, the peak of, like, Trump, Biden, left, right, yeah. hate, and, like... This, the conservative world decided that Last of Us 2 was nothing but, like, communist propaganda because there was a <laughs> lesbian and a trans character in it. Yep. And I don't really, like, and I remember, I have felt like definitely parts of the media have been heavy-handed, like, okay, I get mm -hmm. it. And so I was like, okay, I'll, but I love the first game. I'm going to play it, and I'll just, yeah. if it gets heavy-handed and annoying, I, like, I can deal with it. I'll just, yeah. and I kept waiting. Like, when is this, like, super social justice <laughs> warrior stuff that everyone's freaking out about because there were people in like different instagram groups that were like i'll never play that game yeah I, I don't support it blah 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 that's like and i'm like have you actually played it because yeah. i beat it and i don't like <laughs> the trans character is not even explicitly trans and they they actually handle it really well the situation is it doesn't it's a side character i don't think it'll spoil mm. it. you should play it by the way yeah, yeah the trans character is part of like a cult a religious oh, okay. cult that's like survived in this like post-apocalyptic world oh, okay and she wants to be a warrior, or he, I can't remember exactly if it's a he or she, and, and they can't because of the wrong gender. And so mm -hmm. they pretend, they shave their head and dress like the other gender to try okay. to become a warrior, and they get kicked out of the tribe. And it's never, I don't remember it's ever explicitly explicitly said, like, they, they dress like the other gender as, yeah. a way, as a way to become a warrior, or they actually are. I can't remember. Oh, okay. If, if they did explicitly say it either way, it was, like, very subtle, and yeah. I missed it. It was definitely not heavy-handed by yeah, and any I could, stretch I mean, of the means. I haven't played it, so obviously I, I don't know. But that that sounds like 
a story that's been done. Like, that sounds like Mulan to me, you yes. know? Like, that sounds yeah, yeah. like nothing that, like, we haven't, you know, nothing that would enrage people to that level. Yeah. I think I think it's just, I think people get caught up in the hype one way or the other. Like, yeah. it's a big reason why I try to avoid, like, trailers and, like, spoilers for things. And, like, I try not to get, like, overly excited about anything, even if it's something I really like. Because I feel like, even if what I end up getting is good i feel like me building it up in my own head whether for good or for bad ends up dulling the experience one way or the other and then i feel like i don't get like the fullness of what the experience would have been if i had just gone into it like blind or as close to blind as you can and in this day and age what's the most speaking of hype what game were you the most hyped for that maybe you couldn't help yourself from getting hyped for damn like it's hard because i i actively try to avoid it but i do the one that sticks out in my mind when you say that is grand theft auto san andreas because i remember i was in like middle middle or early high school and everybody was just like people who played games people who didn't play games like everybody was just like gta san andreas is coming out like it's coming this is it have you seen the map have you seen how big the map is like yeah yeah you can do all these things you can get haircuts and you can become buff and you can get fat if you eat too many burgers i was just (laughs) like this is sick and then i got it like i got it on release i think and i was like oh fuck it was worth it like this is it it." did it feel did, did it live up in my child mind, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, yeah. But I was primed for that game because I loved Vice City and this was going to be like bigger, badder. Like I was starting to get it. Like I was starting to develop like my own musical taste. And Tony Hawk was like a part of that. Like I remember picking up a lot of stuff from like those soundtracks as far as mm. like hip hop, rock, punk, that sort of stuff. And like I, I knew that like Vice City had like an amazing soundtrack and I was very much looking forward to like what they were gonna put in san andreas like i loved riding around just listening to the radio in both those games and just like tuning into different stations and seeing like what is on here that like i haven't heard um and then i'd go and download it on limewire and give myself malware or something (laughs) limewire what was the other one napster 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 i I miss napster Napster? limewire was the was the big one for us like limewire was the one that people were like you have to like get this and i remember i remember one day i went on it and there was just like this big fbi like thing on it that was like this site has been shut down or whatever and you thought they were gonna come get you yes absolutely (laughs) i was like oh god (laughs) i'm going to jail I thought they were going to, like, flashbang my room any second. <laughs> the SWAT team comes in, yeah. shoot your dog. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, what game has been the most disappointing for you? Oh, you're you're really pulling it out of me because, like, I always, like, as That's soon as you job. say it, something comes to my mind immediately, and it was Final Fantasy Dirge of Cerberus. That is a disappointing game. That That's was another game. Point. That was another game that I was extremely hype about. And I remember, like, me and my friend, this is uh, me and one of my best friends at the time, we were both super hyped for it. Like, he was much more into Final Fantasy. Like, he's the one that showed me Final Fantasy X. He had watched, like, Advent Children and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, I'm super hyped for this. Like, we both thought Vincent was, like, the shit because he's like a vampire he's the coolest character in that game and yeah, yeah I, that's i was saying i always like the dark anti-heroes yeah i, gravi- I gravitate towards those guys and so yeah, yeah i was let down in george cerebus too fuck i gotta get this oh, and then we yeah. got it and i remember we were on the phone when we got it because we couldn't play together but we were on the phone i was like all right i'm at this level and he's like oh i'm at the second level now and i'm like oh fuck i'm right behind you blah yeah, blah yeah. 
and we played it for a bit. And then I, I like at first when I was playing, I was like, oh, it's kind of cool, blah, blah. But then like towards the end, I was like, oh, this story isn't like that fun. Like I'm getting kind of this is kind of boring. And then what really killed it for me, which I like back then was a complaint. Now I'd be like ecstatic was that like <laughs> I think I finished it within like eight hours or something. Like it wasn't a very long game. Yeah, yeah, and as yeah. a kid, I was like, fuck, like I just paid like 60 bucks. for this. And yeah, I, I wanted 60 it. hours. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like nowadays I'd be like, please be like four hours long. Like I don't yeah. have time for this. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, that was one that like I got at release and like super excited to play. I still own it for some reason. I just I I was just like I started off like very hype and like it just slowly over time like teetered off. And I was like, by the end of it, I was like, I shouldn't have gotten this. Like I should have gone to my friend's house and played it there. Like it wasn't worth uh, it. That makes sense. It's it's almost unanimous. What's that word? Unanimously unanimously uh, unanimously sometimes i yeah. cannot speak english pardon me um unanimously regarded as a disappointment amongst yeah. like final fantasy heads i mean yeah. there's always like a small group of people that think what everyone else hates <laughs> is awesome yeah but for the most part i would agree with you like yeah everybody's the game just i played it um i didn't buy it i was stoked for it but i yeah because of the the pre-release stuff i wanted like another rpg with vincent and when yeah. I saw that it was like an action shooter game, yeah, I ended up waiting and played it at a friend's house or a demo somewhere, and yeah. it was just like, yeah, not for me. I think not for me. because I think that came out after Devil May Cry. I think me and my friend were like, oh, maybe it's like Devil May Cry, and it'll be uh, super like fast paced and cool, and like you know, which Devil what, May Cry is badass. I yes, love all but those, this was yeah. like not even close. <laughs> yeah, I actually like Devil May Cry too. People hated that game. I liked it. It was like the one that everyone hates in the series. Yeah. But I beat it. I thought it was okay. Yeah. I I don't I don't have a huge like I don't have a lot. I played the first two games, but I was never like very good at it. Like mm. I I I don't think I beat either of them. I loved Dante as a character and I love like how stylish the combat was, but it just like it never clicked for me. And I I don't know why, but like when Bayonetta came out, I was like, oh, I want to try this because it, it seemed like Similar. in that same yeah. sort of lane. And again, I was just like, I, I could progress, but I was never like, I don't feel cool. Like, I feel like a lot of that game is like, you're supposed to feel real badass, like yes. doing all these mega combos. And I was just like, I just feel like I'm, I kind of can't pull those off ever. So for the PS2 era, what would you say a handful of games that your top picks for the PS2? That this era. Ooh, see, this, this also, is much Knights bigger. Of, actually, Knights of the Old Republic would be one of them because you bought yeah. an Xbox for it. Yep. So Persona 4, Knights of the Old Republic. There's this weird game that people don't talk about very much, but maybe you know it called Ring of Red. It's like a mech turn-based strategy game on ah. PS2. Uh, I played it randomly like years back. And then I recently managed to get a copy of it, like, randomly. I found it, and I bought it, and I got to the last level. And it's one of those games where, like, the last boss is, like, fuck you hard, um, as opposed to, like, the rest of the game. Uh, oh, so, so this never... is, like, a tactics-type, like, this is yeah, cool. It's, it's, like, turn-based, but then you have, like, your mech. And so when you attack, it, like, depending on what you do, like, if you shoot, it'll switch to, like, a scope that, like, you have to, like, aim and it'll like it'll move around but the longer you wait the more steady your shot gets and the higher percentage you have of hitting but all the enemies are on a timer so like when you're on the battle screen if you wait too long the enemy can shoot you first and if they hit you they like fuck up your aim and you have to wait again to get a nice target so you have to like strategize how long is it worth to wait versus just trying to take a shot and see if you can hit and like it's one of those games 
where like if you hit their legs then they can't move as well if you hit their like weapons then like they can't use this weapon and it's it does a bunch of cool stuff but it's a really weird game i don't know how expensive it is anymore but it wasn't that expensive like a couple years ago when i got it so there i've never heard of this like you 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 pulled out a couple things you pulled out the nomad Which blew my mind. I'm, I'm normally pretty into mecha shit. I feel like I yeah. know most mech stuff. At least anything that was released in North America. The mech yeah. world and Japanese releases gets goes pretty deep. Yeah. Uh, I've never so heard of this. This looks cool. Yeah, so there's those three. Tony Hawk's Underground was also big, but I said Tony Hawk's before. Uh, GTA San Andreas. Simpsons Hit and Run, actually, yeah. was another one that I really, really liked as a kid. Uh, my PS2. Uh, GTA Clone, but like the best gta clone i think they've made uh so far like just a really cool concept and like very well executed recently i played the ratchet and clank games which i had played as a kid but never beat and now i've beaten like three or four of them and those are always fun so you know that's sort of like the kind of stuff i was playing during that time that i was really enjoying modern like this kind of we kind of push into ps3 modern mm-hmm. stuff i guess we could lump together what's been the big hitters for you for more modern games uh if we're talking ps3 xbox 360 like i was an xbox 360 kid this was the first gen where i owned oh, all three consoles up. oh you switched oh you didn't switch you got all three of them okay. well i got the xbox 360 first because my friends were all getting halo and we had played halo 2 a bunch like we dragged tvs over each other's houses and make like makeshift yeah. blinders so you couldn't fucking <laughs> screen cheat so we played halo 2 a lot so i had to get halo 3 on launch because we were gonna play it and then i got elder scrolls which i'd never played an elder scrolls game before so that was sort of my introduction to like western style rpgs like knights of the old republic i played before that but i feel like the bioware stuff is a little more stylized than like and a little more streamlined than something like the Elder Scrolls yes. feels like very classic Western RPG. Is, yeah, more core, like tabletop RPG yeah. inspired. Yeah. Like Dungeons and Dragons type yeah. stuff. And I really love that. And then I got a PS3 a little bit later. And for that, I mean, I, I really liked Infamous. Like, that was a couple games I yes. played on there that I, I was super into. Assassin's Creed, obviously, was super huge. One that people don't. I know people know it, but they don't talk about as much, is um, Biohazard. Is it Biohazard? No, it's called... What's that game where you're like a superhero? It's like... Oh, and it's like you have claws and shit? Yes. yes. It's oh, kind of like called? Infamous, but Prototype. it was on... Prototype. That's what yes. it is. Prototype. So Prototype, prototype I loved. The original Prototype, I was like all about it. Because I was on Xbox 360... The JRPGs were not coming fat, like hot and heavy as they used to when I was on the PS2. But I did play Lost Odyssey. That was like the big yeah, Xbox big 360 one. exclusive sort of thing. I played Final Fantasy 13. So I, I got like a couple of them. I got like Soul Calibur 5. Like me and my friends were into playing some of those fighting games. So I had the Xbox 360 version. My friend had the, three, the PS3 version because you had to get... You had to get the exclusive characters. If you got the 360, it was Yoda. And if you got the, the PS3 one, it was Darth Vader, I think. But yeah, those were those were like a lot of the big games I was playing during that gen. What uh, what games made you the most emotional? 
Oh man, like Persona Four is always up there, just because okay. like I I don't think I've ever cried at a game, but that's the closest I've come when the when those credits finally rolled. I was like, fuck, man. Uh, <laughs> Legend of Dragoon when Labitz died, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's my Aerith moment. Like that is that is for me the the equivalent of that. It's there's just some like when you get a good JRPG, I think that the amount of time it takes to like get through it. You just end up more invested yes. by the end of it because you're when you're seventy hours into a game, like if you've made it this far, you've gotta like something about it. That's like true. some something with these characters or the story has gotta be connecting with you. So those are usually the ones that make me the most emotional. I remember playing uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Have you played it? Yes, I haven't beaten it, but I've played it. Okay, uh, so this might be a spoiler alert. But um, it's just like twenty year old game. Don't worry about it. Yeah, in the in the in the first one, you play as this character, and then towards and you all you do as you go through the game is you hear about Darth Malak, who's like the big bad, and how he had a partner whose name was Darth Revan, but Revan disappeared like I don't know how many years ago, and nobody's heard from him since. And then towards the end of the game, it's revealed that you are Darth Revan. You've been Darth Revan the entire time. Oh. Your ship got, like, hit with some blaster fire. You ended up, like, I think crash landing or something. Or no, I think it was that you were in some sort of battle and you lost your memories. Like, you were knocked out and Malak... Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Fuck this. (laughs) Malak betrays you. That's what happens. Malak betrays you and tries to kill you, but... You survive. You survive, but you lose your memories. You're rescued by the Jedi, and they try to, like, train you back up as a Jedi. Because they want you... They know you have, like, incredible force powers, but they want you to, like, be on their side. Do they know you're Brevi and Brevin, whatever the guy? Yes. The other Jedis? Yes. Like, the top, like, the council, I think, does. And this one girl who's, like, Bastila, I think is her name, who's, like, sent to, like, escort you. Like, she's, like, one of your party members from, like, very Mm -hmm. early in the game. And then eventually it's revealed that you are Revan. And that was, like, mine. Like, at the time I was like, what? (laughs) Like, I did not suspect at all. Didn't, like, it really blew my mind at the time when I was doing that. What are the other guys on Regions Free? People are interested. Like, what kind of... We have a really good idea what sort of games you've been into, but give people yeah. sort of a rundown of what the other hosts are into, what they can expect. Uh, I hate to, to speak for any of them because I feel like they're going to be like, you fucked it up, you got they're it wrong. They're not even going to listen, so don't worry about it. Let's just talk major <laughs> shit on them. Exactly. Well, they all suck and I'm, I'm the best, so... <laughs> <laughs> Paul is... I feel like Paul and me have, like, a sort of connection because we're both, like, into very weird sort of esoteric type stuff. Uh, he's very big into RPGs, a lot of, like, obscure obscure Japanese stuff like he's big into Etrian Odyssey if you've ever heard of that franchise I've, I've seen the logo I'm not very yeah familiar it's with like it a dungeon all. crawlery type yeah. game where you like draw your own maps and stuff like that um he also likes like Super Robot Wars which is like a Japanese series of games that just brings together Mecha from like a bunch of like really famous anime series and like lets you use them to fight in like turn-based combat. And then Anthony, he's like one of the things that makes our show like interesting, at least to me in terms of the conversation is that we're all very different. Like we're all different ages, grew up in different places. Our experiences are like wildly different. So Anthony is originally from, he's, he's born and raised in New York, much older than me. Um, so he was like around for like the Atari, ColecoVision, television, uh. NES stuff. So he likes a lot of the NES stuff, crazy collection, like a bunch of like stuff that I will never own. But he's really into like 
almost anything. I feel like his heart really, really comes out when he's playing either sports games or fighting games. Like those okay. are the ones where I feel like his 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 like emotions come out. So big fan of like we did a um we did a sports games episode where it was like weird sports games. Where we were talking NBA Jam, NFL, like Blitz the League, Ooh. you know, like FIFA Street, like you know. I have one a, for him. Yeah, that you can pass on, or maybe if he listens to this. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Newman Athletics. Oh, I've never heard of that. What is yeah, that? It's super obscure. The only place I ever saw it was one random Nickelcade. Okay, like, in a city that was like two cities away from my house. I used to play it all the time. It's a, uh, it's very anime. Like you play as it's a superhuman. It's like if superheroes had like a strongman competition. Oh, that so sounds cool. It's like you're there's like five different characters that have all superhuman powers, and okay. it's like a, it's like a set of games between the five of them. And like first one is like the dash, but you race a Formula One race car, <laughs> and you like beat the rate of race car. That's awesome. you know, like the next level is you shoot fireballs out of your hands against the warship shooting missiles at you. Yeah, like things like that. The so Newman Athletics. Um, he might if he hasn't played it. It's like a really weird, obscure one. You can still play it. Yeah, you can play it on not Mugen, but what's it called? Mame. Oh, Mame, Mame. emulator. Okay. You can get a hold of it on Mame and play it. It's super fun. Nice. So that's Anthony. Paul, I forgot. Paul's also like older than me. I'm the youngest one of the group. But he, I always make fun of him because he sort of had, in my mind, the weirdest progression of consoles. Like he always picked the console that for the most part, that nobody else was playing. Like, his progression was, like, Master System, Genesis... Oh, no, Master System, TurboGrafx-16, Saturn, I think PS1. Then it becomes, like, more normal. More normal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and he's, like, the resident, like I said, obscure games and shmup expert. Like, he loves himself like a good shooter. Kelly is the resident Vita expert, really into JRPGs, like queen jrpgs like played more than i will probably ever own and uh visual novels which i hope we do a visual novel episode soon because i've played i've played a couple of them and they're always ridiculous which ones have you played because everyone's been telling me to play stein's gate i haven't played stein's gate i've played uh doki doki literature club was one that's like a it's like an indie game but it's like i can't i can't explain it to you without spoiling it but it's it's visual novel horror. So if you like like huh. like really intense, creepy stuff, like you'll dig it. How to Full Boyfriend, which is a what it's like a the... visual novel dating sim, but you okay. date pigeons. It's all about pigeons. <laughs> okay, that's a, that's one. There's one on the PS4 that I was recently talking about called like I think it's called like the Seven Mysteries of Fujisawa or something like that, where it's like this it like the game is basically that you go into people people's minds try to extract like the confessions out of them like basically you get to a point in a conversation where somebody's clearly lying to you about something and so you go in their mind and it's bejeweled you have to like fill a gauge like by making combos and stuff and like the more the gauge gets filled the more undressed they become until oh. they become naked which is all censored um and then they're like ah. Oh, I'll tell you anything you want to know. Oh, so it's like you're breaking down their mental... Yes. And then they tell you the truth. Yes, that one is anime as hell, as you probably could have guessed. I'm watching it. It is fucking anime as shit. It is. Primo anime. Fucking hilarious. (laughs) 
There's there's another one that uh, I had some guys on a podcast. Which mm. if you're into GameCube at all, they'd have a GameCube yeah. only podcast called the GameCube Ooh. was cool. Two Canadian okay. dudes, they're awesome. They were telling me about, I believe it was a Game Boy Advance visual novel, and there's three of them. What the fuck? Does that ring a bell to you? <laughs> I'm trying to. Re- Damn, I'm. Is sorry. it like Tokimeki Memorial or something? What was that again? Tokimeki Memorial. Toki. I think Mackie. that's how you spell it. Memorial. There it is. I found it on YouTube. Let's see. I watched footage of it. I'll recognize it if it's it. This looks like a anime, not a visual novel. Oh, there's a Super Nintendo game, too. Yeah, this is like an huh. old game series. That, that's the only one I can think of, because I know they did a Game Boy version of it. I don't know if they did a Game Boy Advance version of it. But no, I've never heard of a of a Game Boy Advance visual oh, novel. Oh, no, it was Nintendo DS. <laughs> oh, okay. Nintendo oh, was it Room, Room 3.0 something? Yes. Where it's like you hold it like a book, and it's like a, it's like basically like a mystery story. Like, I've, yes. pl- I've played it. I've beaten it. I own it. I love that game. That game is awesome. Uh, not full. This is not it. This is it's like, Room. It's like Room 3.0 something. Room 3.0.9 and. And yes. Yes. That's not pulling anything up. Let me let me go look for this. I'm gonna I think step I away. it is a mystery. It's like a detective mystery. Yeah. It's called Nintendo God. DS Visual Novel Game. Hotel Dusk Room Two One Five. Is that it? Hotel Dusk. That sounds. Maybe that is it. This is all Hotel Dusk Two One Five. Yeah, two one five. You tell me. That's the one I have. It's like a it's like a point and click slash visual novel type game. No, this isn't it, but it's the same style. Oh, anyway, okay. there was another one that they were ranting and raving about. Yeah, like the greatest. They both thought it was like their. <laughs> it's in their top. It was like in their top three for both of them of all games of all time. That's awesome. It's like this now. Visual... Now I gotta know what it is. Yeah. There's like this world of visual novels where people talk about Stein. And the rumor is I haven't played any of them. Mm-hmm. But the stories are so good. Like you have this whole like group of gamers that find they'll have like a one or two visual novels that they put in their top five or top ten. Yeah. So I've been thinking like, damn, I need to try some of these out because people are saying nice stuff. Yeah. Well, it's it's so it's like a nice like it's like a nice if you've been playing a lot of games it's like a nice reprieve because for most of them the gameplay is minimal yes but what it does is it lets them create like these it like the amount of text in like a visual novel is like multiple actual novels usually yeah. so it like lets people create like these crazy stories that like if they hook you like you're just like i'm gonna yeah. press a until this is over <laughs> yeah and like if, you can make choices sometimes and stuff i don't know man it's there's something there's something like like infinitely intriguing about them to me and so that's that's kelly and then jeff uh jeff is our uk correspondent he lives out in uh the netherlands is he your sega dude uh he does he has played a lot of sega stuff but i think he i think he grew up nintendo really yeah i think i I think in the uk i'd be interested if uh, it seems like the I swear Sega Master System and Genesis, which I think it was called, I get mixed up. Was that called the Master System? The Master the... System was first, and then the Genesis came after. There's but another yeah, the... name for Master System in the UK, oh, I the, swear. The, for the Genesis, it's called the Sega Mega Drive. Mega Drive, that's what it yeah. was. I yeah, think yeah. the Mega Drive outsold the Super Nintendo by like yep. a massive amount it did. in the UK. It did. Europe's always been Sega territory. Because if I'm not mistaken, and he'll probably yell at me later, but I think his, his dad... His job like took him overseas, so he went to Japan a few times. Oh. So he would bring him back like Game Boy stuff. He's huge into Game Boy, like original Game Boy stuff, and collects like a lot of Super Famicom stuff. He's he's like a big uh, Nintendo head, but he he loves like platformers. He loves indie stuff, like a bunch of that stuff. And he's done a few episodes on our show 
focusing on like British game developers and British game history. So we've talked about like Bullfrog. We've talked about Team 17. We've talked about like a bunch of these, you know, old school. Was it called? Development teams. Oh, Rareware was one of them too. I think there's a PS2 game called The Getaway that was developed in the UK. There is a PS2 game called The Getaway. I I can't remember who developed it, but that Um, sounds right. I I swear that was a European developer. See if I can find it. Could be. There it is. Team Soho, a British first-party game developer. Ha <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I wonder. If, I remember that being like because I vaguely remember the game is good, decent. I played it. Yeah. And I remember there being like a Game Informer article. You brought up <laughs> British developers, and I yeah. think they were like lauding like this this uh, development team for like being. Like the next big thing coming out of Europe. I don't oh, know. What, gotcha. I, I don't know what ended up happening to them. Obviously, that yeah, yeah, they're not around anymore. But <laughs> sweet, you guys got a really diverse crew. I need to check out some more episodes. I started. I'm pretty sure it was Paul. Who, who does you guys share on your Instagram, or does someone handle the Instagram? One I do you. most of the Instagram, but okay. sometimes Paul will get on there as well. Well, I'm, then I then you're posting a lot of shit I like because that's <laughs> what I, I think I came across your Instagram. It was either recommended or some. Because Paul's Instagram is Paul's Game Room, right? Yep. Okay. So I think I saw Paul's Game Room commenting on a page, and then I clicked on his profile, oh, and then I gotcha. found Region Free, and then yeah, I, and I've been like following you guys for a little for like a while. Um, just because you should post lots of good shit. Um, <laughs> let people know again where they can find everything, where everyone's Instagram. Yeah. So sorry, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 No, you can find us uh, mostly on Instagram. So that's Instagram.com and that's at Region Free Gamers Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Region Free Gamer because character limits on Twitter. It's stupid. Oh, okay. We have a Patreon that we run, uh, Patreon.com slash Region Free Gamers. Oh, nice. What are the rewards? Uh, it starts at as low as a dollar um, and goes up to five. Uh, I think they're. No, there's three tiers, one, three, and five. Um, and it's everything from like our join our private Discord server. We're working on bonus content, so bonus episodes that uh, will be exclusive to patrons for like a limited amount of time. They'll get early release on some stuff as well. We also do like they'll have access to live streams of our recordings so they can come and watch us record live unedited. So you get to see mm. all the stupid shit we say in between, like when we take breaks and stuff the public doesn't get to listen to because it's secret secret sauce that goes into the show i think that's it but we're always working on like new stuff we also get like we also do like monthly polls for people to vote on upcoming topics and we even have uh patrons sometimes guest on the show as well so there's a bunch of stuff in there who's your who's been your favorite guest oh man don't worry no no one listens to this so no one's gonna no no no, 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 no. it's 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 not that i'm afraid of offending someone because i just assume everybody's mad at me all the time for something (laughs) i've said but it's actually it's it's tough because i've had we've had a couple there's this guy on instagram called the real dire 51 i believe he's super fun guy to talk to he was on our splatterhouse episode he actually worked alongside uh the team at namco when they were doing oh. the splatterhouse re- re- remake for 360 and 360. ps3 yeah, yeah 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 so he's an author he's written a couple books uh video game books uh super nice guy to talk to very like informative episode like lots of cool stories to tell we also had stefan reese he's on instagram as art of nintendo power now i think okay 
and he has he's the first and foremost collector of like Nintendo Power artifacts. So if you're a fan of Nintendo Power, you have to like follow him. He collects like original art from Nintendo Power. So like he contacts like the artists that worked on like covers or yeah. image illustrations that were in the magazine and he gets like the original printings of the art. Um, and Dang. he displays it at conventions. He also collects like others, like he collects like gameplay counselor uh, jackets, like the Nintendo counselors that you would call on the phone. Like he has the exclusive jackets. He has like files from like their Bibles that they would read from when giving kids like hints that have like notes in them and stuff like insane stuff. He has, I think there is. So did you read Nintendo Power at all when you were a kid? I did. I had okay, IGN, so, Nintendo Power game, not IGN. EGM, yeah. Game Informer, Nintendo Power, the whole show. Okay. So do you remember, I think there was a cover. It was like Mega Man 2 or 3 where it's like Mega Man on some sort of board and like a maquette of like Dr. Wily and his spaceship. Yeah. I, I, he owns, I have an image in my head. I think it's yeah. the one you're talking about. He owns that maquette. Like he owns the Dr. Oh. Wily maquette and the Mega Man sculpt. He owns, I think like issue number 3 or something had like was like track and field two and there's like these rocket sneakers on the front of it he owns the physical sneakers with like the rocket boosters attached to them just a bunch of like crazy crazy stuff we got to talk to him about just like his preservation and his collection of nintendo power stuff how he got into it and he also has like i think he found or he acquired recently like an earthbound prototype oh really he yeah he has like the craziest, so he has the craziest, craziest stuff. rarest. He's gone full. He's gone. He's he went, yeah. He's all in. He's all well, in. Well, I think he's. I think he's sort of moving out of collecting games as much now. Yeah, and he's using that to like fund collection of like ephemera, basically, yeah. like collecting like physical video game objects, like. You know, all that stuff. He also has some of the ink drawings for, like, Nestor, some of the Nestor comics that were in uh, Nintendo Power. Like, just, like, an endless amount of stuff. So you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram, Art of Nintendo Power. You'll you'll see, like, insane shit. It's great. I'm going to follow him. Yeah, that sounds, yeah. that sounds cool as hell. For but sure. Dude, thank you so much. We're at two hours. Yeah. And I'm, I'm ready to, I'm actually going to drink. <laughs> and we didn't bring this up. I was a little sad you didn't bring it up, but I didn't want to start talking about this game because it would go yeah. another four hours. <laughs> but Mass Effect Legendary Edition is out, and I'm yes. I'm going through Mass Effect One and replaying it. And uh, I'm yeah, I'm gonna this Friday night. I'm trying to I'm going all in on Mass Effect tonight. You Woo! you tell me because I loved the first. I played the first two. I never played three. Me as well. But I well. loved, I loved the first two specifically is like my favorite yes. one is the, is the, like, I've seen people talk about it. Is the jump like significant? Like, are you like, this is like experiencing this game like all if, over uh, again? I haven't, I've only played one out of the legendary editions so far because I want to play them all yeah. in order. Um, so I can't speak to two or three, but for what I've read, the most improvement went into one because one was the most janky yeah. and all that stuff. And it does... Uh, like the the UI, the inventory system is completely overhauled. So oh, there's a lot sweet. of quality of life with that. The uh, speaking of AI upscaling, they they the similar thing that people are doing to like Final Fantasy VII backgrounds. Yeah. Instead of redoing all the textures, because there's so many textures across the three games. Yeah. They actually used an AI upscaling model, and they oh, went nice. for all the textures, and it looks pretty good. I'm pretty spoiled. I have a 3090, a 4K screen. I have like all oh, the okay. bells and whistles on. Yeah. Uh, and I'm playing it at 4K, completely max, 60 That's frames awesome. a second. 
and it looks really good. The game is still like a 15-year-old game. So, yeah. I mean, there are some like bare bones aspects to it, but uh, the combat, I can't really remember how bad Mass Effect 1 plays because like you, yeah. Mass Effect 2 has a little bit more of my memory space. Yeah. I remember the the rover missions, like when you'd go on yes. the planets, those being like jank. Have you done any of those yet? Yes, or no? I've done a lot of those. Um, are they are they better? Yes. And they have an okay, option good. where you can like turn it. Some people like the old rover control, I guess, yeah. enough that you can go to like the legend, the original, which okay. is like dog shit. I just turned, I was like, yeah, no, the new, the new version's way better. <laughs> and they also have uh, like the, 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 experience and level scaling has been rebalanced oh but you, good but you can also choose between the original balancing and the, oh, okay. the new balancing so that like, they really hit all the buttons for like mass effect fans like if you just want yeah. if you want to kind of keep it closer to the original experience just with the better graphics and running yeah. on your pc or you can play the rebalanced version with different physics and yeah i've been enjoying it like i'm i haven't been able to put like you said more than four to five hours into a game yeah. There's like one game a year that I can put more than that much out. And I'm <laughs> yeah. already like 22 hours into Mass Effect. Oh, nice. One. So, see, like, it's that's the me. thing to, like, as a package, like, three beefy RPGs like that, you can't, you can't go wrong. For with 40 that. bucks, I think it was. Yeah. No way. I so, just remember somebody put up, like, a couple screenshots of Mass Effect 1, like, the original and the legendary, and I was just like, man, I don't remember Mass Effect being this dark. It was like you could yes. barely see anything in, like, the original game. Yeah, the uh, the re the visuals are, like, definitely improved. Yeah. In fact, parts, there are sections of the game with the AI upscaling and the graphics and in 4K mm -hmm. that look almost, like, modern. Yeah. But it's the animations that sort of sell it. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, this is a 15-year-old game. Like yeah. in, in movement, you can tell it's an old game, but aspect other aspects of it, like they really got it close to what I would consider in other aspects, pretty close to modern day, modern day graphics. I That's mean, awesome. Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, I will see how Mass Effect 2 and 3 play out. And uh, I actually never watched or exposed myself to the ending of Mass Effect 3 because I saw yeah. all the crazy like anger. And then they came yeah. out with the extended DLC that I guess fixed the ending. And I never watched any of it because... Yeah. And I was going to try to replay Mass Effect 3. In fact, I would have already played Mass Effect 3 on PC. with Because the, the modding community, you could have played Mass Effect Remastered a long time ago. Yeah. But the one thing, I don't know how, why it doesn't work, but the original... Steam releases for 1, 2, and 3 had no gamepad support. Mm. And, and for some reason, the way, yeah. like, even modding it in has been hard. Like, I couldn't find mods to get oh. gamepad support at the time. Because yeah. there's all these high-resolution texture mods for Mass Effect. Yeah. So I always put 3 off. So now I'm excited. Like, all right, I'm going to start from 1. I'm going to re-go yep. through it. And I'm going to finally, like, thing. see it. <laughs> And uh, I've been able to keep myself from spoilers for like 15 years. So we'll see. You're going to have to go through the heartbreak of sacrificing crew members all over again. Yeah, I do. I'm already almost, I'm on the mission in Mass Effect 1 where you have to, it's the first choice of sacrificing yeah. a crew member. I remember who it is. It's the, <laughs> the girl or the, the girl warrior or Caden, the biotic. Yeah, that's right. There was one decision in Mass Effect 2. I don't know if you remember this, but you remember the species, the Krogan? They're like the yes. big warrior ones. Yeah, that they uh, the Salarians have augmented their genetics so that they can't reproduce very well. That's right. To slow down because they were like killing everybody and taking everything over. Yeah, and you have you have this Krogan guy in your party who's a badass, and I always used him, and I was really connected yep. to him. He was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, and you get to a point where you can reverse. I think they call it the genophage, is mm -hmm. the terminology, but 
you have the opportunity to undo like the genetic whatever they did to make it so yeah. this, and uh, I couldn't do it because I was like <laughs> I love him he's a badass but like your race killed everybody you guys were yeah. massacring everybody so and he got super mad at me and I'm like sure he did oh and I was super butthurt about it I'm like dude I'm so sorry but you're like you're gonna murder everyone I can't do it. <laughs> Those are the best games when they like make you think, like yes. feel like that. Where you're like, I, I gotta do this because I, I, this is what I would do. Yeah, but I like you so much. Yeah, and then I, they get I, pissed at you, and you're like, fuck. I think I might have sat around for a good twenty or thirty minutes trying to decide what to trying do. Trying to figure the first it out. Time I played that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I ended up cheating and like googling like what happens. Oh, like, okay, gotcha. I know I don't want to do it, but unless like, do I not get access to his best weapon or something? Like, oh, is he gonna gotcha. punish me? And yeah, I found out it doesn't really punish you as far okay. as like gear. I'm like, okay, sorry, yeah. bro. You're gonna stay. You're gonna stay. You know, whatever you would call it. Your vas- genetic vasectomy stays yeah. in place. <laughs> Sweet man. Well, I really appreciate appreciate the time again. Like, no, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, it's like I reach out to people. Most people don't respond, and most people don't make time. So, like, yeah. I appreciate spending the time. Anytime anyone else wants to come on. Anytime you guys want to promote anything, just let me know. I can throw it in my stories, whatever. I appreciate it. It was a good conversation. I will definitely be. What's your your personal Instagram? I have a personal Instagram, but to be honest, I don't use it very much. It's welcome to the game. So it's welcome the number to the game. But I haven't posted on there very much just because I run the Region region. Free Gamers one. So we can get our we can get you through the region. Through, yeah, yeah. Okay. You can if you if you want chat or anybody else wants to talk. I'm always on there, just chopping it up. I've slowed down with the posting just because like life's gotten in the way. But I'm hoping to pick it back up a little more shortly. Sweet dude. Well, it was a pleasure. Yeah, this was fun, man. Yeah, man. We'll have you guys. Any again? Anyone on the podcast? I hopefully hopefully you didn't butcher their gaming tastes. Yeah, I know. They to they're it. gonna come on here. They're gonna say completely. <laughs> I was gonna be completely fucking wrong. Sweet dude. Well, all right, everybody. Bye bye.